to another episode of the Not Funny Guys Presents Off the Reels. This is episode 53 of the one and only genuine bonafide Not Funny Guys podcast, the internet's number one podcast on public library recommendations. Remember, if it doesn't say Not Funny Guys, then it's probably not us. We are the Not Funny Guys. I'm Casey. I love it all, Franklin. I'm joined by Dr. John, that was something, Evans, and Eric what movie are we watching again, Line Barger? Gentlemen, <laughs> say hello. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? Not bad. How was how was Cell's week? Short. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like it's only been like three days so or something. Like we just yeah. practically, yeah. <laughs> In the couple of days it's been since we recorded last, have you guys done anything exciting or new? Uh, I oh. caught up on uh, Ted Lasso, everything that's out so far of season three. I've and, only seen one episode, so I'm just throwing that out. Okay, well, and I'm not going to spoil it. But then I and I got to watch my uh, my recommendation from my pitch, please, from last week. I got to watch the first episode of Too Many Spirits, and it was hilarious. Nice. I love those guys. Eric, what about you? Um, no, nothing too crazy. I went to a trivia on Thursday. Um, Did you lose again? Came in third. That's a yes. Second, I mean, yeah. Ouch. Ouch. First place loser. I mean, <laughs> or second place, depending on who you came in. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I guess if we're being really competitive about things. Yeah. But, you know, it's just fun. Time. So yes. otherwise, no, I, I live a pretty boring life. Nice. Not, not the boring <laughs> life part. Just the. Eh, it has, it has its upsides. <laughs> I just sat around. I've just been catching up on some TV and trying to finish. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I'm doing my best to finish it before um, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom because I Ooh. really want to play that the day it comes out. All right. If we're going into a gaming tangent, I've got a little, little quick thing. I got sure. kicked off my MLB Show 22 when MLB Show 23 came out because I play it on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a PlayStation game, I put it. It's a yeah, yeah, game I got pass. it. Yeah. And so it immediately like, revoked it, basically, the old one. And I, so I was like halfway through a season, so I had to restart. That's I restarted the campaign. I love playing franchise and all three teams, the minor leagues, the upper, obviously, the major league. That sucks. Well, did it yeah, revoke it because it did it revoke it because they switched out the games? Is that what happened? Uh yeah, yeah. They took the they took twenty two off the system, so twenty three is the only one on there. Do you not pay Which attention I mean, to the well, emails that they send that's like, hey, here's what's leaving? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Of course not. <laughs> He's still waiting for and, some shows and, he thought he was gonna watch on Netflix. And but. honestly, listen to how entitled and like like whiny bitchy I am about this. Like, oh they took away the old game for the new one and they, they gave me the new one for free. Yeah, baby. So it's actually really great. I love the twenty three, it's fun, but I was like, damn it, I don't get to finish my old campaign. But now I've, I've had to reset. And so I'm trying my best to keep up nice. um, this time and actually play semi-real-time, but I'm already a week off. I play NFL. I play Madden, but I usually these days play the Green Bay Packers. First thing I do is I get rid of Aaron Rodgers and his anti-vaxxer nonsense. I'm like, get lost, loser. <laughs> Football games always made me too angry. I, I, baseball games, golf games. Break tables, uh, break TVs. <laughs> what What do you do? Controllers. Rip, rip yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. You know, do yeah. what you have to do. <laughs> I can I can I can attest to this. I've seen it happen. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I my game frustration this week because I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I love I'm loving Disney Dreamlight Valley, and the, I'm on I'm finishing up the current Star Path, which is their season pass. And the last mission I have to do is make this balloon thing, but it requires 
20 of this black flower, hmm. but it o- only two spawn every two hours, real time. So I'm like tediously like it, like trying to watch stuff. I'm like, all right, it's been two hours. I'm going to turn on the game so I can get the stupid ass flower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I don't play games like that. I'm telling you, I'm glad I don't. I would lose my mind. It I don't is have time little, like that. It is a little. Fr- I mean, I have 33 days to get what I need, and I only need four more sets of two because they spawn in twos. So I need four more sets. So I'll get it. It's just I hate that that's how they're doing it. But I'm sucked into something similar on my phone. It's uh, Homescapes. It just makes. Oh no! No no no! I find no, myself no, no. coming back to that over and over. No, don't you gotta oh, leave. No. I left that game. That game no. was costing me money and time. <laughs> I've never even. I've heard been of on that it game. for like five, six years oh, now. Oh god! No. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but I've been playing uh, Marvel Snap. That's the one on my phone. That's that's got me. I'm I'm loving Marvel Snap so much. I don't want to go, Mr. Franklin. I don't want to go, Mr. Franklin. <laughs> what? Oh, I, I figured got it's you. the I snap. Got you. No, I got you. I got it wasn't a good hey. joke. We can watch oh, no, it. It just took a second to get it. Because you said Mr. Franklin, if you had said Mr. Stark, I would have had it like it's uh, I know, but I was trying to I was trying to spoilers uh, to everyone. Yeah. Heads up. <laughs> Heads up. We're about to get dark. Dark. I'm um, speaking of um getting dark. Let's talk briefly about the massive amount of news that came out on uh this week so here's some us geekly Um, i'm going to take you for a ride i'm going to take you for a ride just like um the silk specter took on that big blue dildo wow we're going for a ride wow here it is this will be a long one so that that was that was a watchman one (laughs) the deep cut watchman there deep cut this could be a this could be a deep cut uh in Long fairness, Casey's got article. his his briefcase open, just glowing blue in front of his face right now. <laughs> he's, he's he's anticipating this so much. <laughs> I am. I am. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready for the news? This is gonna be a lot of news. I'm sorry. First article. Um, Marvel's trailer is the most disliked teaser on YouTube. What? Yeah, I just want to throw that out there because there's some dicks out there who lovely. don't like women apparently. Uh, who don't like women or fun. They can go to hell. They, they can't. They can all fuck off and die. Not really. Don't die. But you can all fuck off. Hey guys, if you're listening, um, please please go like it. Like for the for yeah. those of us watching, like go watch it. Give it us an honest try at least, and then like it. You know, be, to be it's pure joy. It is. Yeah, such it's so joy. fun. I love it. I love it. All right, you ready for the next article? <laughs> Here we go. The next Flash trailer will be on four twenty five. And we'll feature the new flash. <laughs> I don't know, but 425. Why 425? Uh, right. Any idea? Any tie-in? It's a Friday. There's probably some movie that's coming out that week. I don't know what's coming out that week, but there's probably something. You this week, You know what came out under the radar? Shazam. Evil Dead. Shazam yeah. didn't come out under the radar, and I already, I saw it. It was good. I liked Shazam. I want to see it, but like... I, you can watch I, it on iTunes now. I was like, oh, really? Yeah, it's on. You can buy it on iTunes. You can't rent it yet. I think it's supposed to be on Max when HBO Max switches over to Max. That's May. May twenty third. Um, I I liked I liked Fury of the Gods. I liked it a little bit better, I think, than Shazam. Rachel really liked the first one. So the first one's really good. I I did enjoy this. you get a lot more of like the kids, like them in their super form, and that's what I really enjoyed about this. It's like a super team, right? 
essentially. Yeah. Family. Sorry, I'm, I'm derailing us. No, Marvel you're fine. Family. You're fine. The Marvel's family. <laughs> the, the Marvel family. Which they Mar- back to the Marvel family. Back to the Marvel family. And um, all right, well, that's our news. Um, that is everything that's there. <laughs> Just dun, like dun, a big dun. glowing blue dildo. <laughs> you get done early. <laughs> Comes in hot. Yeah. Uh, so that was the news. I mean, there wasn't that much oh, wow. uh, since the last time we talked. Um, but I did want to mention, I wanted to mention the Marvels thing just because of just how absurd it was. Oh, actually, oh, yeah. wait a minute, there is one other news article. The, yeah. uh, sorry, I saw it a few minutes ago before we got on. I should have, but it wasn't news. on my list. It's a sh- it's a really short one though. Mm. Um, it's just according to Deadline, Amazon has been shifting through, or sorry, sifting through. They wrote it weird in this article, um, sifting through MGM's library, yeah, and they've sense. decided on several titles for films and TV um, shows that they're going to develop. Um, some of those include the Thomas Crown Affair, which I don't really care, mm. um, the Pink Panther. I'm just confused why. Magnificent Seven. That could actually work as a TV show. Idea. That could actually be a facet Um, Barbershop. I know they want to do a TV show of Barbershop. Okay. Fame. I, uh, I mean, can I we, guess. Can we let fame go? I'm, I'm a, I'm a done fame. Yeah, We're done. We don't We're need done. Another fame. Yeah. Um, Legally Blonde. Okay. Which I didn't see if they you know want what? that to be a movie or a TV show. But It'd be great if they could like do a musical like TV show. I think they want to do a musical movie. Because mm-hmm. I know, know that... People have been trying to do that for years. Yeah. And then the next two, they want to do TV shows and movies. Um, one is Robocop. So like do a Robocop TV show that like leads into a movie. Um, that's oh. how I read the article, um, okay. which could be interesting. If the yeah. TV show is like Alex Murphy and then he dies and then the movie is him becoming Robocop, that could actually be kind of cool. Um, and then Stargate. They want to do another Stargate thing um, and it let it be... It again, it mentioned it being a TV show first and then a movie, but honestly, it should be a movie and then a TV show. But everything old is new again. Everything old is new again. Everything old is new again. Can can I ask a a follow up from an old news item that I haven't heard of in a few weeks at least? What's going on with um, with with Kang, like um, the guy playing Kang? Have we heard any more about that? So, yeah, the little bit that's been out there is he released. His and I, I kept this out just because I wanted to wait until they give more oh, information. We, we but, can, we can, we can. Well, I'll, I'll go on to say what's what we've learned. Um, that he released his text thread of that night, and it, I haven't read it, but what I've read about it doesn't really paint him in the best light. Um, the text thread is a little aggro, from my understanding. Hmm. Um, and supposedly, according to several different like sites that claim that they have like, you know, information is that Marvel has been talking to him and his agents about maybe you should step down and we bring in someone else. I was about to wonder if they were going to try to recast him. Yeah. The last thing I saw a couple of days ago was that there's a lot of rumors that are indicating or signs that are indicating pointing that they might be trying to recast, but I didn't want to mention it because it wasn't, from something that I like. There's some rumor places that I'm like, okay, that one I can kind of believe because they've been pretty close on other things. But right. this one was one I'm like, I really want more information before I truly, truly say something. 
And we don't need to be clickbaity, so we should really so we're gonna stick to the we're gonna be better journalists than the journalists. So that's right. Exactly. Can, can so I th- can I throw up my uh, my request for a replacement, assuming they, they kind of kept a, a, a black male actor? Absolutely. Okay. What do you got? I want Yaya Abdul in the team. You can't have Yaya. Why? Because Yaya is playing Wonder Man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And he's going to be amazing yeah, as Wonder no, Yeah, he is. Yeah, I didn't mean that. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. I mean, let's, I mean, unfortunately. Oh, how about Jeremy Irons while I was looking at this thing? <laughs> be a very different king, but yeah. Yeah, it'd be very, it'd be very. All right. All right. I, I, he was, he was such a good king. Yeah. That, like, it'll be so sad to, mm. to, to miss him. Unfortunate. But it, it's, it sounds pretty bad, though. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Stop. Apologies Welcome about back. that. Sorry, apologies about that. I had to let the cat out. The cat was <laughs> like crying very loudly in the other room. I'm like, oh god, I gotta stop it. Uh, so yeah, he he's a great king, and I don't know who. I would have to really think of because, like I said, yeah. I just read that story, and I haven't had much time to think about who I would want. Yaya, I would love, but Yaya's Wonder Man. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who because you. They've also built up his like his stature, and so now I'm like going through all these actors who could fill. But I'm like, oh, but you, oh, your body type just doesn't like fit. Now we've got all these elements. Mm. It's a little hard. Um, he got like he got jacked for it too. Yeah, and I just it's 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 such a shitty situation, the whole thing. And I just don't know what they're gonna do. You know who's available? He's, he's already playing someone else, but he's available in person. Who? Vin Diesel. Oh. <laughs> for a second there, I thought you were gonna be like Wesley Snipes. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. The that Rock would not be on, the king that I Dwayne want. The Rock Johnson. Give me, give me The Rock as uh, Doctor Doom. What? That would That's be such ridiculous. an interesting take because he's so no. charismatic. He's so charismatic, and then you're like, "Oh, we love you!" Oh my God, you want to commit genocide? Yeah, but I never think like, of Doctor Doom think as of like a juxtaposition. Doctor Doom. <laughs> he would be bodybuilder Doctor Doom. At that point. <laughs> All right, so All since right. we didn't have that much of news, I'm going to throw out another discussion question, but you don't get 30 minutes to answer it this time. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to throw this out there, and then we're going to let Eric answer first on this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Remember, I have yeah. limited knowledge okay. on everything. I, 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 I own nothing. I'm terrified. I'm, com- I'm fairly confident you can answer this. Eric, All right. what is a movie? I, I didn't want silence. I just wanted to <laughs> A movie is... For fuck's sake. A movie is a motion picture. Like, it is a... It is... It. I would say a movie has to be about an hour and 20 minutes minimum. Um... I think a movie, or at least I don't know, it's around that that sort of time frame. I think you could get away with seventy five, but that gets really short at that point. But ultimately, you're you're kind of telling a long arc of a character uh, protagonist um, against a you know decently sized, in my hope at least, arc of a villain or antagonist. Um, 
yeah, that's it. I don't know. Like, Don, I mean, what is a movie? Right. Fill in, movie fill is in, a movie yeah. is a motion picture somewhere between ninety minutes to roughly over one hundred twenty minutes. You can go longer, but it should tell a story or a narrative about a character, usually within a genre or mix of genres, and should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. All right, I'm going to read to you guys yeah. the definition of a movie. All right. A story or event recorded by a camera as a set of moving images and shown in a theater or on television, a motion picture. That I is didn't a movie. That, Barbara, you're right. Yeah. So, does a movie, um, I'll, uh, Eric, for you, does a movie, so, uh, as we've watched, as we've watched all these different things, I made you watch a movie for TV. I made you watch. Um, the return of the Incredible Hulk. Is that still a movie? Because it was technically on TV. Yes. It is a movie. You, I'll answer. I'll answer. Um, yeah, because it's a standalone. But the the wedding of the Hulk, I would argue, actually is more of a TV show. I, w- I would agree with that. That is a little bit more of a TV show. I, I would definitely agree with that. Does... Okay, then for Eric, for real this time, since John answered first last time, does making it, does a, a TV movie or let's say a direct-to-DVD or VHS back in the day movie, or actually to equate it today, a streaming movie, a Netflix movie, mm-hmm. or a TV movie, does it make it lesser of a movie? No. John? No, it's still a movie. That's what I would think too. Now, obviously, quality will shift and change around because well, yeah, because you have budget, yeah. But it's still it is still technically a movie. But there's now, still budget different budgets for movies that actually appear in theaters too. So very true. That's not a di- that's not a disqualifier. So then, when we look at a movie, what is the difference? This will be for John um, this time. What is the difference to you between a movie and film? Or a movie and cinema. Um, I guess referring back to our conversation last week, I think for me, a movie is one of those things that does perhaps, shall we say, if it does not engage in fan service, is in some ways responding or speaking to a particular audience uh, or a general audience, whereas a film or cinema is more like art for art's sake type thing where there might be an audience there may never be an audience but that was not the intentions behind this creation i think movies are made to make money and to attract audiences and so they're given a a certain level of appeal based on genre where a cinematic film would be something that is more like a, a you know abstract work of art it's someone playing with the medium being experimental, doing their own little Andy Warhol, whatever you want to be kind of artistic thing. And there are going to be some people who very much appreciate it. And then there are going to be people who are like, eh, you know, and it might be much smaller audience and maybe not necessarily defined in a way that's designed to reach any kind of particular audience at all. All right. Eric. I get, I mean, I guess you start having those comparisons. I see it in the same vein as like, um, stand-up comedy versus a musical versus like a Shakespearean drama, right? They're all live theater, right? So arguably cinema 
films, movies, they're all the same thing, right? They're all a, a, a theater, if you will, they're in sort of a cinematic theater at that point. Um, but obviously the styles are different and everyone watching it can feel that there's something different about that versus, you know, a stand-up comedy is not a, a giant flash and trash musical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously there there's just a different feel as an audience member, despite the fact that the the experience could feel very similar in terms of environment and stuff. So they all fall so, the umbrella of a theater, but they are different embodiments. Right. Firing in the, think, same, the same way we have a tele, we have movies. Right. There can be direct to video. There can be television movies, but they're still movies. Yeah, they still fall under the umbrella. And I think the the key to kind of what a movie versus cinema. Then when you start looking that kind of going back to the theater references, you have movies are are built for pure entertainment, right? They're mm-hmm. they're your popcorn flicks, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, generally speaking, generally Marvel is making uh, movies, right? They're making popcorn franchise fun. You know, our our recommendation last week was fun popcorn. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's Martin Scorsese has criticized them for this very element here. Yeah, sure, and I mean. Yeah, they're not aiming for the moon in terms of story arcs in a lot of cases or anything like that. They're they're formulaic, if you will, at times. Um, but you know, I guess a cinema to that point and kind of to what I think John was saying is is an exploration of the art form of itself. You know, it is it is what you make when you're thinking of like your or your your art history 101 or your your cinema you know you know that's where your cinematographer matters a lot more than like say your cinematographer van wilder (laughs) you know it's like the room it's a a masterpiece Mm -hmm. so unappreciated or you know whatever that movie with uh the disaster artist is based off of that's a work of film cinema no kidding (laughs) oh god they're still motion pictures. They just happen to be focused in different ways and in different areas, speaking to different groups of people. I think yeah. we've gotten spoiled too, because TV these days is basically cinema. Well, prestige TV. I was going to say that right. TV has become cinema more right. so than cinema. Because prestige yeah. TV, oh, a lot of prestige TV has come to sort of really um, occupy a middle ground, then can do much more in a lot of ways yeah. with the increases in budgets. There's a lot they can do in a, say, a prestige television show like Game of Thrones or whatever. Even the Disney Plus shows, they can do things that are that the movie cannot because they have much longer frameworks from which to develop a story. It's not compacted into a one thing. It's compacted or distributed over. 10 or 12 or whatever their episode length are yeah and i think in general you're just seeing kind of the movie theater follow the way of the live theater right at the point where for the most part we go to live theater to see musical to see something that's touring on its way through the big the big spectacle show the big reason to go to do this thing right and so we're seeing that more and more i think with kind of post-covid and stuff you're seeing top gun mario you know, these are the movies that are really pulling people in because that's what they want. You know, it's the experience, uh, Eric. Is it not just it's really the experience? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. go to a it's, movie. It's, we don't have to go to a movie theater at all, but we still go because rather than it used to be the only place we could see movies or motion pictures of any kind, it's now we go there for the experience. Yeah, so I say I think in a post-COVID world, theaters are now the spectacle experience. Right. And if you want the cinema or film experience I, I really don't like cinema and film it's it, they sound very pretentious but if you want the art house feel yeah, of things go. then you watch tv now 
you I watch just, the HBOs, you watch the Hulus, the FX. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to continue with you calling it art house because I feel like that comes with this. Yeah, I like thing. that better. I'm I think gonna, that's I, no, better. art house. I, yeah, I'm going to say art focused. Yeah. It feels less derogatory. Something about calling film cinema feels like it's Pontius and yes, that's that's my annoying. I think of art house as like three you know knocks away from like being like a French film, like where it's like fiend at the end. You know. Well, I just mean when I say like <laughs> art house, I just think of like. It, it's it's where you go for that deep that intellectual like this is a story we're going to give you a story and the pacing could be all over the place but we're we're giving you the story that we intend you to think on it's so when, like when, it's a mode of self-expression yeah self-expression more than anything else and that level it's become something that's more mostly an artistic vision of a director's artistic expression yeah. more so than it is something that's designed to be necessarily completely understood in the first yeah. viewing well, like to a degree, um, House of Dragons fits this or Secession kind of fits this where it's like they couldn't tell it. They couldn't spread it out or, or sorry, condense it down to what it needs to be in a movie theater. No. So they can tell it here. But you're getting that quality of storytelling and character. Well, that was Game of Thrones, everything. too. I mean, Game of Thrones yeah. kind of helped lead the way in this because there was no way a Game of Thrones was ever going to be yeah. movies. Yeah. Downton Abbey also fits gonna, that was too. never possible. Yeah. Downton Abbey also fits this. Yes, true. All right. Yeah, but that became movies and still was successful. Somehow. I know, but, but I mean, but, but it built off the TV show. That was the thing. It had something yeah. that laid a lot of content, uh, contextual background for them. Okay. Yeah. And I think what Marvel does with their shows in particular is they allow their shows to fill in uh, large swaths of like dead space between stories. Um, I think actually, I think Star Wars is doing very well with this. I would like to comment not to spoil anything, but I think some of the things that the Mandalorian is doing is particularly in its third season is helping lay some further groundwork to connect the original trilogy and the sequels in a way that might one day lead people to find the sequels a little bit more with a little bit more appreciation than perhaps they did originally because they were very foreign in some ways to some of us. But what some of the stuff they're doing in the interim with some of their prestige television on Disney Plus is like laying down groundwork that's helping to sort of bridge those things. Like the way the Clone Wars cartoon did for the prequels between episodes two and three. They're doing similar things with that now. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. I'm, um, I've am i thought of a new topic for next week. Um, <laughs> Sorry that you guys. It wasn't hear quite that. thirty. wasn't quite thirty minutes, but I think we uh, <laughs> we got our we got. Hey, our we, we 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 technically did that one. Like I think we're all in agreement at the end of the day. I think yes. we did that one the tight ten there. Maybe I w- I was pretty oh. sure that it was going to be we were going to be fairly close in agreement on it. I just wanted to throw that out there. It's a discussion I've been having lately, um, a couple of times I've had actually in the last two weeks, and I just wanted to get some other opinions on it and some other thoughts. So one of the reasons I'm staying a little out of the conversation on what it is, we are in agreement. Um, I, if you want my honest opinion, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's a TV show. It doesn't matter if it's direct to DVD. It doesn't matter if it's streaming. It doesn't matter if it goes to the movie theater. At the end of the day, it's still a movie. A movie is a movie. It is The definition is just filming a story or an event and showing it somewhere that makes it a movie right off the bat. If you start to break down and go, I won't watch this because it's a TV movie. You're saying that the work that these people did isn't as valued or as important when they work just as hard as someone else did. And you can still get just the same level of quality, uh, uh, like story wise, just maybe the effects aren't 
as amazing. Babylon 5 is an example of this. Babylon 5 versus Star Trek Deep Space Nine. They're essentially the same type of thing. Just one had a bigger budget than the other one did because it had a better studio behind it. But Does that doesn't decrease mean... the fact that Babylon 5 had excellent stories. Exactly. It, and it, I think we have a lot of catching up that's going on now. I think with the with the advent of streaming, television is catching up to yeah. the same kind of level quality of special effects and everything that you can do in a movie theater now. Yes. So, so there's, there's lots to, to this nuanced thing, but I definitely, as I was saying a moment ago, I don't like, like, oh, this is fine. We'll agree on what movie is, but... Now I'm going to change, move the goalposts. I'm going to say, well, it's not cinema. It's not cinema or it's not film. I'm like, yeah, but you just sound pretentious at this point. But movies is, movies and, is the ultimate umbrella and everything falls underneath it. Yeah, it has its different buckets and then each yeah. bucket has their genres. They all share yeah. the same genres just in that bucket. Yeah, underneath, so, underneath anyway. the umbrella of motion pictures, there's the genres and then those genres can be divided up and reutilized whatever different kind of level you're using, whether it's testes television or you know what not yeah and i think we're we're we might play with this when we hit when we start hitting the mcu basically in two weeks yeah i think it might be an interesting idea as we come to and we talk about the movies we say what we believe the genre is for that particular movie because we know the actual mcu each one has it fits its own type of genre yeah, that's true could be kind of fascinating to see where we, we and, think of and, that. and let me let me forecast let me foreshadow here. One of the movies and from directors, I picked director who did multiple MCU movie, Marvel movies, but I picked particularly one because it was done in a particular genre that I liked. I had to narrow down a director's choice of their films they had done or their movies. And I picked the one I did because I happened to like the genre in which they framed that superhero movie. So nice. Nice. I like actually, you know what? You know what? Fuck it. We're going to change up things a tiny little bit today, folks. We're going to do something a little different because I can't. I got the big mic right now, so I can change this up if I want to. What's going on? Let's do our directors now. Since John brought that up, actually, let's just go on and do it. Let's. What? Yeah. What is happening here? We're changing things up, folks. We do one year's worth of shows and everything changes on the next week. We got to keep it fresh, man. We got to keep it fresh. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do our homework for the week, which is the top 10 Marvel, our top 10 Marvel favorite directors or favorite Marvel directors. I wrote it weird on the little PowerPoint. So, here we go. Here we go. It's all going to hell right now. (laughs) Throw it out. (laughs) All right. So, my number 10 on the directors is. Boom. James James Gunn, Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, This was a hard list for me to do. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. This was a very difficult list to do because there's so many good directors and there's so many good things. And there's lots of Marvel because we didn't do MCU. But James Gunn, the fact that he was able to do Guardians of the Galaxy, the first Guardians, characters that are so wacky and nutso that everyone's like, there's no way you're going to get a talking raccoon on screen and make it work. And he did. <laughs> Neil <laughs> Adams believed in brilliant. him. Though. Neil Adams believed in him. Yes, he did. Um, I, I, To me, James Gunn is one of the best of the, of the Marvel directors. And it's sad that he's with DC now, but I'm happy he's with DC because he's going to do some fun stuff. No, I'm I'm honestly like I'm I'm sad to lose him from Marvel, which I assume is the case now. Yeah. Um, but 
I'm actually kind of excited that he he's probably wrapped up his Guardians trilogy. It's all kind of come in. He did a great Christmas special. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, and honestly, I'm excited that he's at DC because he's the exact sort of energy that they need over there. Um, they do. His, his Superman is so squad, good. His Suicide Squad was awesome. Yes, and his Superman's going to be fun because we know he likes fun. Yeah, that's and that's he's what just they gonna, need. He's going to bring that joy to Superman that we yeah. all need. Thank Get God. The darkness. Yeah. Yeah. My number nine, my number nine is Matthew Vaughn for his X-Men first class because he revitalized the X-Men stuff and brought color and fun to the X-Men world. Um, So I'm excited for that. There's rumors that he's actually going to direct the authority, John. Ooh, okay. It was like the Star Wars generation or Star Trek generations. Yes. Of like like Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. My number eight is John Favreau. Because hmm. without the Favs, we wouldn't have the MCU as we know it now. Yeah, no. He That's launched, true. I mean, tech, him and Kevin Feige, but he was the director who launched and proved that, could, you know, Iron Man could work. My number seven is Sam Raimi for Spider-Man 2. Um, Sam yeah. Raimi is a great director, and I could have picked, you know, any of the Spider-Man trilogy. I could have picked his Doctor Strange. There's something special about Spider-Man 2, like the yeah, way he high passed it. Yeah, everything. And, and it, there's so many Raimi-isms that are in it with the, like the weird um, fisheye lens camera and the cuts and the angles and the mute. It all just gels. It's to me, it's his best of the Marvel stuff that he's done. My number six is John Watts um, with Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, John Watts was so good um, in that he showed that we can have spider-man fit in the mcu and it work and it feel amazing and it feel right and i I really enjoyed how he did spider-man i look forward to seeing what he is going to do with star wars because there's lots of talk that he's going to be doing something with star wars so nice looking forward to that not confirmed yet just rumors i want to say it's rumor that it wasn't 100 percent confirmed all right eric what is your number five so I brought him a little bit higher. I said James Gunn. Nice, uh, but, nice. But I called it for Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one as well, for the same reason. The mm-hmm. fact that he um, he basically introduced fun into the Marvel Universe. You know, this was kind of, I mean, we had had some kind of quippiness and fun like that. But this was the first time that we we really took a chance on creatures. And and like, just like you said, the, the raccoon, but I mean, Groot. Like yeah. you had you had a walking tree who only has one line, <laughs> you know, and somehow he is the most endearing, lovable character from that bunch. Yes. And like people want more of him, you know, and, and his shorts are some of the cutest little things that, that have ever heard. So, they make pops of the shorts now, by the way. <laughs> oh, nice. short has a little pop. I almost nice. bought Groot in a flower dress. Uh, that would have been if it wasn't a bobblehead, I would have bought it. So yeah, no, that I James Gunn brought it up because he just he, for the same reason I'm excited about DC, he brought a certain energy that was needed. Nice. John, who's your number five? Familiar face. Hey. John hey. Favreau, Iron Man. Nice. Just because I mean he helped he he helped get this ball rolling. I did. And he helped he deserved he helped to be the top his... five for me. That, that. And he also I'm helped say us get hard. the Star Wars world oh, I know, I know. Stuff he's doing and... over there now is great too. But I mean, like him for me Bologna. it's and then, of course, I also really enjoy playing him. Have him continuing to play Happy Hogan. Yes, he's I so did, good. I as dig Hogan. that. Yeah, 
I, I like that he appeared in the in the Spider-Man movies just for that too. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. He's he's so good. He's a joy to watch on screen. Yes, my number five is Mark Shakeman um, for his direction. Sorry, Matt, sorry, Matt Shakeman for his um, direction on WandaVision. He directed all episodes of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going. To, I believe I saw that he is directing Fantastic Four. Oh, nice. So. I'm pretty sure that he's right. the one who's um, supposed to be directing Fantastic Four. If I'm wrong, maybe we'll get that charting in the '60s joke we want. Yeah. So Doctor Strange, Matt Shankman was so good, and I listened to he's on an episode of um, Fat Man Beyond where he talks about it, and he grew up in the sitcom world when he was a kid actor, so he knows. Oh. That's why his what? Wandavision. What I don't remember it off the top of my head. Um, but I'll look it up while you guys are going over your number fours in a moment. Um, but that's why one division, like it worked so well. He knew what it was like to be on a, a set with a live audience and how it works. So nice. Um, Matt, Matt Shakeman is, I think is, is great. something else not to cut you off, but something else that works so well about that before we move on um, that one division, because I didn't include him. So I'm just going to speak now on it um, was the fact that he was the, basically the first director to guide the audience out of its period of grief from Endgame, right? This was one of the first, like, dealing with grief moments that we had in Phase 4 um, yes. after after the events of Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. And the losses. To answer the question from a moment ago, um, his TV career, he's um, in an episode of The Facts of Life. He does two episodes of Highway to Hell, episode of Different Strokes. He's in an episode of Night Court. Um, Good Morning Miss Bliss. He's in an episode of that. Um, two episodes of Growing Pains, three episodes of Webster. And then he uh, does 47 episodes of Just the Ten of Us. Yeah. So that that was the last acting thing that he that did. Was, and then he goes into the directing world. Yeah. So um, he knew that world and it shows from watching um, WandaVision. It's, it's a love letter to that style of TV. So Definitely. Eric, yeah, to the sitcom. Eric, what's your number four? Number four, boom. For the same reason as James Gunn, Taika Waititi, bringing in some amazing uh, uh, energy and humor to the Thor franchise, especially and 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 particularly uh, yeah. at, at the moment, at least. He's he's obviously going to bring more, I think, at some point. Um, but just the way that he invigorated Thor. I mean, the first three movies were probably some of my least favorites. Um, of I mean, the, the first two movies. This is number yeah. three. Oh yeah, I was see they were they they felt real long for me. <laughs> so yeah, Can't wait first, to hear your thoughts when you watch them again. <laughs> they 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 were definitely my least favorite leading up until this, and this is still my favorite Thor movie. It's really good. Um, Mr. Evans, Doctor Evans, what's your number four? Bring us back to a familiar face, James Gunn. Nice. I love how and Guardians of the Galaxy. We all agree on this one. Yeah, we do. I love. This is my favorite thing. Like I'm going to show audience. You picked an this, old but... picture, didn't you? No. We picked younger pictures. No. Right? <laughs> well, that's, okay. This is what's funny. So Guardians of the Galaxy. This shot here, I realize it's Guardians that Eric picked, but it almost is like Guardians Two. Um, actually, this might have been like with the youngest. So there's Guardians. There's Guardians Two, and this is the way it looks like now. This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you just go pure gray and silver. <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, in fairness, yeah, you know, he, he did get canceled. And he come did back get at canceled. One point. You, know, you know, there's a fun fact about him. 
His first wife was Jenna Fisher, who played Pam on The American Office. Really? And because of her, that's why Rain Wilson got cast in James Gunn movie Super about the vigilante oh, superhero. Which was a pretty fun movie, actually. Yeah. Do you guys know some of his writing credit? Since we have, I feel like we have a little more time because we're doing this like earlier. Well, you think we have would. more time as <laughs> we get to our movie later? <laughs> so some of his writing, this is what's kind of fun about James Gunn. So some of the stuff that he has written, I'm on his IMDb page right now. Um, but he he did a little bit of some trauma stuff. Then he writes 13 Ghosts, or he helps write 13 Ghosts. Any, any famous trauma stuff? No. Oh. Um, but then he writes Scooby Doo, um, the Scooby Doo movie. That's like the first big one that he got to do was Scooby-Doo. Then he writes Dawn of the Dead and Scooby-Doo 2. And then he goes to Slither. And then you're like, oh, wow, this guy's got interesting. He does Super. Um, He writes the video game Lollipop Chainsaw. He writes Movie 43. And then you're like, yeah, where's this guy going? He's going to MCU to write Guardians of the Galaxy right after Movie 43. (laughs) And just, movie 43 was horrible from what I hear. I know. It That's is horrible. I brought it up. It's horrible. <laughs> it's funny, it but really bad. Like I don't know what his first... <laughs> what was his first directing thing? It's actually, a lot maybe. of just... Bleh. It's like somebody vomited in a writer's, writer's room is what I kind of would consider it. I'm wondering if movie-wise it was super... I don't know. He so his first, he did some trauma, but then his first like what I'm going to say his first big movie that he directed was was Slither. Then he does um, Human Z, and he does something called PG porn. <laughs> I'm very confused by this one. This is why he got canceled. I know. Yeah. I can see. <laughs> yeah, and then he does Super, and then he directs Movie Forty Three. And someone at Marvel was like, we've seen this movie 43 thing. It's the best thing ever. Get him to do Guardians. And he does Guardians. Uh, anyway, sorry. James Gunn tangent. No, it's more my, like they, they saw the movie and they're like, this guy can do better. Yeah. My number three is... Oh, yeah, we're still doing this. <laughs> yeah. Abdel Arby and um, Bilal Ooh, Bilal. Nice. Um, I'm, I know I just butchered their names and I apologize, guys. I love you guys as directors. You're amazing. If you're listening to this, please come on here and let's talk because you're awesome. They directed the pilot for Miss Marvel. They set the tone for Miss Marvel. They were directing Batgirl. They were at, I don't remember which one of them was getting married, but one of them was getting married when Batgirl was canceled. They were like literally at the wedding when the news broke. They didn't know. And their phones just start blowing up while at the wedding. Jesus. Um, These guys are great. I cannot wait to see what they do next. Just Marvel lock them in and never let them away. Because these no guys are amazing. Um, they, are, I believe, they are definitely family friendly too. Like they are great for any family show. Yeah. And I believe they're directing episodes. It's either of Star Wars Acolytes or Star mm. Wars Skeleton Crew. I don't remember which one, but I believe I saw that they were directing oh, an cool. episode. So anyway, these guys are great. I love them. I love watching them in interviews. Nice. Um, Eric, what's your number three? Or who's your number three? Number three is Ryan Coogler. Nice. Um, and I specifically called out Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Nice. Um, I I don't know that I would say this is my favorite of the two films total, but him as a director, and it, I'm sure it helps that he was a writer on it too, mm-hmm. the way that he handled the death of Black Panther, uh, you know, spoiler alert, uh, the way that he handled Chadwick Boseman's death um, and brought it realistically into the world did it 
very respectfully, in my opinion, um, and just really, I think, gave him the proper send-off that Marvel needed to give him. Um, he handled it with grace, and he still made an extremely compelling story, mm -hmm. despite having probably to scrap everything that he was planning in the first place. Yeah. Um, or or at least adapting it all somehow. So, um, it, to me, if if you really think about the fact that he had already signed on and already probably written, uh, probably storyboarded out Wakanda Forever, um, or at least Black Panther 2 uh, yeah. at the time of Chadwick Boseman's death, Wakanda Forever, uh, despite you know some of the flaws, which every movie has, um, it's hard to think of one that doesn't, um, but like, man, what a resilient film, what a resilient franchise, thanks yeah. to his his guidance. So, so yeah, he, yeah, I thought it was, like I said, the opening really just had me in tears, but also in awe of, of how well he handled that. It's such an amazing director. I need to see Creed. Um, I just haven't watched it yet because I'm not that far in the Rocky stuff yet. But I've only seen the first Creed, but it's good. It's really well, that's the one that he directed. So yeah. I think he might have directed two. I don't think he directed two. Okay. We'll look it up in a second. Actually, look it up right now, Eric. Why yeah, Mr. Evans says his number three. Number three. Taika! Wow. Yeah. Also for Thor Ragnarok. All for Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So him playing Hitler doesn't influence your... Hey, look, that's not an MCU <laughs> film, okay? <laughs> but if I, I could, it like, put it on there, Jojo Rabbit would be highly ranked for Taika Waititi film. Jojo Rabbit is one of his best films. Yeah, I really like Jojo Rabbit. Um, Yeah, I, I, agree with, um, I agree with this. You're My right. number... only, only the first Creed, by the way, sorry. That's what I thought was he only did the first grade. Uh, my number three is Tim Miller, the Ooh. director of Deadpool. Oh, yeah. He proved that Deadpool could work and that you can also do X-Men and do them like fully go for it. Balls to the wall. Um, so I really liked this Tim Miller uh, kid, as Kevin Smith would call him. <laughs> And um, I love Deadpool. Deadpool is an amazing film, and I cannot wait till we get to watching Deadpool's again. Is is he directing the third no. one? Uh, he didn't direct the second one either. Oh, okay, okay. Well, Tim Miller, Jeff's kiss. Well done. Yeah, Jeff's kiss. Tim Miller did. He did a great job. So I really like Tim Miller as the, as um, the Deadpool one. Eric, who's your number two? Number two, I'm getting nostalgic with John Favreau, nice. Iron Man, and my. I'll, I'll be quick in my justification because it's the same as you guys. He. He kicked us off. He told us it's possible. He showed us it's possible. Um, and damn it, he's been with us since. Um, and nice. I, I would hate to lose him. So I am really glad that Disney has clearly locked him in uh, for all of their things because he is clearly a creative force to be reckoned with. Um, yeah. And I look forward to whatever he, he touches next. I've been in the same room with him where he wasn't too far from me, by the way. Ooh, nice. D23. There was like a nice. there was like their awards thing. And he nice. Where I where the I managed bathroom? to have us because it would have been weird. <laughs> no, it was just where we were sitting. We were like two rows behind, like the aisle, and he like where he came in to watch. I forget. I think it was Robert Downey Jr. was getting inducted into the Disney Hall of Fame, oh, nice. and so like the whole Marvel crew was there, and so him and Kevin Feige were sitting near each other, and they walked by where we were, so I could see them, um, and then. As soon as basically Robert Downey Jr. got done doing his thing, they all kind of got up and 
left. Favreau has got to be a gazillionaire now based on Disney, right? Like, surely. Either him or Feige. Well, Feige, Feige is rivaling you know, Bezos soon, I think. <laughs> Feige is the Kevin we can't lose. Feige will be the new Bob Iger at some point, when whenever he decides to, whenever he knows who to pass off Marvel to. Yes, and I look forward to that news story because there's been <laughs> rumblings, not for that though, for something else. But um, anyway, um, my number, no, sorry, John's number two is. Pull the trigger, it's Ryan Coogler. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. Do you have anything you want to say about uh, Mr. No, Cooper I just, I love whatever? his, the, what he does. I just love it. I what agree. he brings to the uh, franchise, what he adds as a voice and the everything. Just, I love it. Can I just, the way he incorporates music and I want to say art, but it, and I don't mean like, I just like the visual, the visuals, the way he incorporates the visuals and the music and the costumes and everything together. He builds such an amazing world. And I, cannot wait to see what he does after black panther because whatever it is i'm watching it like i'm all in now for mm-hmm. ryan coogler that at the first, moment that first wakanda forever um teaser trailer oh like, yes. oh that was that's probably one of the best teasers ever in my opinion that trailer I, broke my heart it, yeah, yeah but it was so great though it like broke, it was it, it broke it, but it, it brought everything back drove yeah that trailer broke the internet <laughs> My number two is Taika Waititi. Hey, Thor Ragnarok. As hey. well. <laughs> we got all three of us agreed on the same person for the same exact movie in the top five. <laughs> It'll never be like it was last week where we all agreed on the exact same number one. Yeah. But this is the closest we're probably going to get. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about uh, Taika Waititi. He's, he's great. And I love his sense of style and whimsy and fun. Everything that he does, I I haven't seen everything I've seen that he has done. I have enjoyed. Now I I'm going to throw out. I have not actually seen his film version of What We Do in the Shadows. I'm not a huge fan. Oh, of it's yeah, oh, it's good. A, I'm not so a fan good. of the TV show. Um, but he only was the producer of the TV show, and it's based off of his film. But he's also appears in season one. He he shows well, up playing his character. Right, but I mean, like he's still not—it's not though him like directing it and stuff. So, but it carries on in good faith what he was doing. So, I get it. I love the show and I love the movie. I will watch it. I will definitely watch it. You know what, John? Off top of your head, I spouted out the moment I asked you the question. I just want the first thing that comes to your mind. What DC movie do you want him to direct? Oh, uh, (laughs) Green Lantern. Ouch. Ouch. Plastic Man. I want him to do Plastic Man. Could you imagine his Plastic Man? Imagine he did Doom Patrol. Oh my God. Get, fuck, give me Doom Patrol right now. Yeah, I want exactly. Doom <laughs> give me fucking Doom Patrol. Eric, what is your number one? Just like uh, John Favreau kicked us off, the Rousseau brothers, for many of us, brought it home. Um, nice. I mean, so I, I wrote the Rousseau brothers for Avengers Endgame because that was really such a culmination. What a they pulled it off, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they did it over the course because I think they did Infinity War too, right? Yeah. Uh, but then they also did Winter Soldier. I think was Civil War. Been, uh, Civil, Civil War. War. Were they were they Winter Soldier or Civil War? They, they did Civil, Civil War for sure. Oh yeah. No, they were Winter Soldier too. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean they they were of, community directors also. Yeah, and they were they involved were, in community. Yeah. That's why, of, by the way, Game of Thrones. That's why in their films, community actors show up. Oh yeah, Danny. Danny Pudi was yeah. in Winter Soldier. Shirley yeah. was in yeah. um, Endgame. I I will say like my probably some of my top five MCU's. You know, a good hand. You know, the majority of them are probably by the Russo brothers. Let's see so, if that holds up when we yeah, actually rank out. them. Yeah. All right, John, you're number one. Not going to be shocked. It's the Russo brothers. But oh, different movie. But it is a different, different movie, movie, though. But oh. same Russo's. Captain America Winter Soldier. And as I teased so earlier, this is because they went in a spy thriller genre, and I loved mm. it. They nice. put, And I love the fact that they had Robert Redford. That was the <laughs> yes. other thing that I liked, was because Robert Redford has done a lot of spy thriller type mm-hmm. movies, and I love that he was in it. Yeah. And just the whole interplay of that story was just so pivotal, you know. And what most people don't appreciate is just how much that movie changed everything in the MCU too. Yeah, you know, yeah. no, it it made everything a little bit more serious. It like it started really showing the connectivity, you know, possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My number one is going to be shocking because it's the Wachowski brothers. I mean, it's the Russo brothers. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> We Another almost side. did it because you almost. had a different movie. You had this pick, but we picked the same people. We Technically, same people. it was supposed. It's who are the directors? That's true. Yeah. So we did tech two weeks in a row. Wow! And we had Taka in in all yeah. of our five. So that's pretty impressive. James Gunn. James Gunn was in my ten, not my five. That's the only difference. Oh, if yeah. he had been in my five. So okay, I have a question because yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. This I'm not going to go further into them, but I have a question. This is very important. Did you guys pick pictures of the directors because of me, or were you guys always going to do that? Because in my mind, I was like, oh, these guys are going to do their posters. They're going to do like the posters of the movie or a still from the movie. No, so. I picked the directors because it was the directors. Okay, I almost picked two images. I almost went out and picked an image of the poster and the directors, but I thought, well, I can just write that. All right. So there you go, audience. You can't see this, but um, we We wrote out the movie and the director's names and we showed a picture of the directors. I I purposely put a picture of the director in front of the movie I was referencing them for as well. Did you for each one? Every single one, they're all in front of the movie. Well, motherfucker, you really (laughs) I didn't even know it in. Oh, Easter eggs, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) You did Easter egg this shit. You accepted us. If we were only on YouTube, people would have been able to play along at home. Well, that was awesome. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that was a whole lot of fun. So since we're here, um, I believe this is John's turn to give me a new top ten. For next week. Darn it. Okay. And I hadn't given thought about this. Like I, I lost. All track. right. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. Let's swing back to it. Swing back. Circle back. We'll circle back to it. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we, my new year's resolution, cause I've said it a thousand times to watch over all the Marvel things, all the Marvel movies. So, um, we're doing that this week. Um, we watched a ton of them. I don't know. This is the, by the end of this week, I'll have watched 45 um movies at this point um we are or i am doing ghost rider ghost rider spirit of vengeance the punisher that's the punisher from 2004 and punisher Warzone. we all watched this week so it's been fun and exciting so i'm gonna i'm gonna go through a couple of these movies for you um let us start off 
this shindig with Ghost Rider. This is the 2007 Ooh. Ghost Rider. Um, I watched the theatrical cut, not the extended. I watched the digital. It's a Sony picture, um, about an hour and 49 minutes. It is an origin story directed by Mark Steven Johnson, who also directed Daredevil. Um, and I believe he directed Electra. He wrote this movie. So they gave him a job. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> composer Christopher Young. So the cast, we've got Brent Collin, who is Thomas Wayne in The Joker. Barton, Bla- uh, he's playing Barton Blaze. So Johnny's father. Peter Fonda. He somehow got Peter Fonda oh. in this movie um, playing Mephistopheles. Nick Cage playing Ghost Rider. Donnell Rogue from Blade is back playing Mac, Ghost Rider's friend. Wes Bentley, um, who played Ricky in American Beauty, is playing Blackheart. And he has gone on record saying, I did this movie so I could afford the drugs that I was addicted to. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Eva Mendez is playing Roxanne. Who Sam... did this movie to pay for the drugs that she was addicted to? <laughs> I, yeah. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> Sam Elliott returns to the to the Marvel world, this time playing Caretaker is the character's name, but he's really playing the first ghostwriter. I will get into that in a moment. And then in their first film appearance. Playing girl in the alley is Rebel Wilson. This is her first movie. Oh my god! (laughs) And when she's in alley, when she's in on screen, you're like, "Is that it? It okay?" (laughs) It's very strange. So (laughs) Ghost Rider looks like Ghost Rider, but more like the second Ghost Rider. But he's still Ghost Rider. The original Ghost Rider looks different. Mephistopheles does not look anything like his character. Um, in the comic books, Mephistopheles would be Mephisto um, or the devil, however you want to do it. Although sometimes some Marvel comics have had a devil, a Satan, and Mephisto, so it gets confusing. And then Blackheart looks way different. So um, for Eric, this is what Ghost Rider looked like in his first appearance. So you kind of see him there. And... Um, this is the second Ghost Rider. Um, instead of Johnny Blaze, this is Danny Keith. I'm showing you this so you can see why I said he actually looks closer to this in the movie. Um, this is Ghost Rider number one. So again, you can kind of see how he looks. His bike actually doesn't have the flames on it um, in his original stuff. Um, this is what he looked like in the time period. So in 2007, this is what Ghost Rider was looking like. Um, right. We were on our second Ghost Rider at this point. Um, Johnny Blaze was gone at that point. Yeah, Johnny mm-hmm. Blaze had gone at this point. We were down to we we're up on Danny Keith. So in the movie, here is a Ghost Rider. So I mean, it looks pretty good. I mean, I'm gonna lie, it actually looks pretty good. But it never looked bad. Yeah, this is the closest we get to his comic appearance, his first comic appearance. Most of the time in the movie, though, he's got the spikes all on, which is definitely the second Ghost Rider's look. But it still mm. looks good. I, I get why they did what they did sure yeah so it looks cool it's visually striking it really is visually striking now the caretaker this is where i was like how, I to how get is it. it how is it long term like over the course of the movie he's it so it's no it does not it doesn't actually get distracting i mean every now and then when he talks Graphics, the you know. cg gets a little bit distracting because of the skull but right you know it's okay. still fine they did like they did um mri scans to get nick cage's skull right so when they did it it's 
an actual CG of Nick Cage's skull, which is kind of interesting. Um, so this is this is Ghost Rider Volume One. This is how what we know of as Ghost Rider was called. There was a there was a comic called The Ghost Rider, and this was The Ghost Rider. So to me, this is always Volume One of Ghost Rider, even though it's technically not called Volume One. They kind of retroactively made him the original Ghost Rider. I I honestly would be very interested in seeing like a The Ghost Rider as like a TV series. I I would too. That'd be Uh, kind of fun. I have actually tracked down this whole series. I own the whole run of this. The world's most mysterious Western hero. Yep. And he looks like that'd be just a kind of fun little 1800s set, you know, show. I agree. So this is the Ghost Rider um, or Caretaker. So he's called Caretaker in the credits, but there's like a, you see his grave and it's the same name as the original, the Ghost Rider. Okay. So uh, that is him when he's in his ghostwriter form this is kind of how he looks so one thing know. that they do with this if the, whatever vehicle the ghostwriter is on you know it morphs out to like this like it flames on so if he gets in a you know a dodge right. charger the car the wheels will light on flame and stuff fun thing for john ghost the cosmic ghostwriter's galactus and he's shrunk down he's cosmic ghostwriter and again, anything he rides becomes his thing, right? Okay. So there is um, go the cosmic. Oh, I'll find the image in a minute while after while I'm talking about that. I'm, I'm going to show it to you. I don't want to spoil it. I just want you to see it, and you're going to be like, "What the fuck?" Um, I'll, <laughs> we'll circle back to that in just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Mephisto in the comics, Eric. This is Mephisto, and when we get him in the MCU, this could be Sasha Baron Cohen. Pretty soon, but Mephisto in the comics. Um, this is Mephisto in the movie. Um, it looks like Peter Fonda because it is Peter Fonda. <laughs> Peter Fonda's like, I ain't wearing that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we've got Blackheart in the comics. It's Blackheart, kind of cool yeah. design. That's what we got. Yep, that's right. That's our Blackheart. Is that Barry? What is this? Yeah, so, bizarre. <laughs> so um talking about this movie so what can i actually say about this movie that is um interesting all right the villains mephisto um we have actually a really really cool opening um in this movie the way it opens up is a lot of fun the the way they do like the cg and the telling of the story of like there was this thing and um the devil takes they can t- pull out a rider. Um, there's some fun stuff with the opening. I did appreciate that. Um, we get Sam Nair- Sam Elliott doing some narration. We open up at a carnival and we see young Johnny. And somehow young Johnny is more likable than older Johnny is going to be. Mm-hmm. We end up getting Mephisto. And, um, and he's kind of this cool look. Then we start to see that. Johnny's dad has cancer, and this is where it goes to never make a deal with the devil because you don't know what's about to happen. And the Mephisto comes to Johnny's like, "Hey, I'll cure your dad of cancer, but all I want is I don't know um, your soul." And mm. Johnny's like, "Yeah, whatever, sure, I'll sign mm, the soul." Be, you're, you're, mm, Satan, you're, yeah, you're gonna get rid of the the cancer, whatever. And so he like pricks his finger, and a drop of blood hits the contract. And the devil's like, "Cool, I like this. This works." <laughs> and then the next morning. The dad's like, oh, my God, 
I'm cured of cancer. This is amazing. <laughs> and Johnny's like, oh, snap. He's cured of cancer. And so his dad start. his dad goes and does a rock, like his motorcycle thing, and then dies there. And <laughs> the devil's like, yeah, I said I'd cure him of cancer. I didn't say I'd let him live forever. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm coming after you at some point in time, and you basically owe me a favor, and you're going to do whatever I tell you to do. So moral of this movie, never make a deal with the devil. Uh, so then it cuts to Nick Cage introduction and it starts all of a sudden you hear all aboard donut 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 it's that it's camera zooms out and it's crazy train and it's nick cage and by far the best way to ever introduce nick cage to a movie like can't do better than that he does his stunts um we learn that nick cage is a little bit off of his rocker he pronounces italian as do you still like italian which is very weird so he he Nick Cage's it up. Um, we eventually do get to the first change of Ghost Rider, and the changes are cool. Like it is visually cool watching it, but Nick Cage still has to do is like, ah, ah, like all of his screams and his yells, and it's so bizarre listening to him yell. <laughs> I mean, he just Nick Cage's the fuck out of it. I don't understand how Ghost Rider gets anywhere because in this movie, whenever he rides his bike. Everything explodes around him in heat and like melts asphalt. So I just don't understand how he does anything or he goes anywhere. But if you have a pothole in your neighborhood and you want to complain, it was Ghost Rider. Yeah, it was it was completely <laughs> Ghost Rider. The first time he ghosts out or he riders out, he goes um, out and he finds some people basically committing crimes. And the way Ghost Rider kind of works is he just he punishes evil. So he looks into your eyes. And it, it's the pen and stare. And if he sees that you've done something wrong, like you may not have killed someone, you may not have robbed something, but if you feel guilty, Eric, that you were masturbating to Harley Quinn while somewhere, he's going to see it and he's going to punish you and possibly eat your soul because you feel guilty about that one action. Killing them like that's how Ghost Rider works. His but, but killing them soft. Then you're fine. <laughs> but if you did feel guilty about it because you did it at a church, Ghost Rider is going to eat your soul. Ghost what Rider knows. All right, let's get out. Let's get Yeah. So I just wanted to like that's how like that's how like weird his powers are. Like it doesn't matter if it's like a true like horrible crime. Like if as long as you feel guilty about it, he can punish you. So he's the Catholic Church. Get on with it. Yeah, essentially. So he punishes someone and he saves Girl in the Alley. And then we cut to Girl in the Alley being interviewed. And they're like, so what did he look like? Well, he was kind of like, ah, ah, and his head was on fire and flames, but he's kind of hot. And it's just like, God. It's very weird hearing Rebel Wilson uh, do this. And this weird... I don't know what accent she's using. <laughs> then eventually Johnny gets arrested and he goes to jail. This is where he's going to get his like iconic jacket and he's in prison and Johnny's like, don't send me to prison. I don't do this. All these guys are guilty. I can't be controlled. And then he like, full, I mean, this is like the true like Nick Cage crazy morph out. Um, but he ends up getting there and he punishes people and he gets his jacket. Um, 
And then we go to the um all the all the while Blackheart's doing his thing. And I just don't want to mention Blackheart because it's an awful part of this movie. But he's doing his thing trying to gather the contract of Santo Domingo or something like that. I don't remember. Some like old west town that got punished back in the day. And they're gonna like raise souls up. So they're looking for that while Ghost Rider's doing his thing. Um, we learned that the original Ghost Rider was from that town, and he's trying to protect the town. And he, but now that the new writer's there, he's going to help. So they go to the town, and there's a very anticlimactic fight at the end. And Johnny, uh, I'm about to say Johnny Depp, Johnny Blaze wins and saves the day. And he, the devil's basically like, "All right, I'll take your power away." And he's like, "No, I'm keeping these powers because I'm coming after you. And if you ever need anything, just know that the spirit of vengeance is going to be out there." taking control and that is um that is essentially the first movie um it's about as fun as the first movie is too it's very strange movie it's very goofy it's not as serious or scary as it probably should be and john remember how i mentioned ghost rider whatever he rides all right here we go this is cosmic ghost riders um vehicle please tell me it's not a broomstick nope Anything he gets on. Jesus Christ. It's, okay, it's Juggernaut. Yeah. Anything he gets on becomes... He looks like Banshee. He does look like Banshee in this particular shot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, Cosmic Ghost Rider. Ladies and gentlemen, Cosmic Ghost Rider. All uh, right, let's so, pick yeah. this up. Next one, the sequel. They made yeah. it. So Spirit of Vengeance. So we get Spirit of Vengeance, 2011. It's shorter movie. It's an hour and a half. Um, not an origin story. It is Mark Neville, Neville, Neville Dean and Ty, uh, Brian Taylor directing it. Goyer wrote the script along with Seth Hoffman and Scott Gimple. And then David Hardy did the music. So the cast this time around, we've got Nick Cage returning. Um, Violante. Oh God. I'm so sorry. I just can't pronounce your name. I'm sorry. She plays Nadia. Sirian Hines plays Rourke, who is, also Mephisto, they just don't call him Mephisto, and I don't understand why. He just goes by Rourke. <laughs> um, we have Idris Elba playing Moro, Johnny Whitworth as Ray Kerrigan, Anthony Head as Benedict, Christopher Lambert as Methodist. My God. Yeah, it's a very, very strange uh, cast, but it's got Idris Elba in it. So what they did kind of in this one, so we've got Ghost Rider, you know, he still looks like Ghost Rider in this time period. Um, there's a couple of shots where uh, comics where they were doing him with this red kind of, kind of skull, but it's still Ghost Rider. And mm-hmm. this movie, what they did was they basically like burned him to a crisp. Like he's just, his skull is charred. His suit is charred. Um, but the effects do look better. I mean, they make him look a lot cooler. I mean, he looks more like, there than the first movie did um hopefully this shot's bigger yeah um every it's like all black burning smoke it's kind of a cool look um and then mephisto obviously in the same time period i mean this is what mephisto kind of looks like and then this is our our uh, rourke um that's how they portray mephisto in this and we know it's him because they at the beginning of the movie they kind of recap the first movie and everywhere where Peter fonda would be in it they replaced him with this guy. Oh, really? Peter, yeah. And Peter Fonda actually was offered the role and was like, this script sucks. I'm not coming back. And so he doesn't come back. 
this is a very one one thing I like about this movie is it's really tight. Like once this, I mean, it's simple story. Protect some people. There's no side plot. There's no nothing. It's just point A to point B. Go, and it just flies. Um, and it's just a lot of fun action. Um, to me, there it starts <laughs> off with like this assault on an abbey. Um, again, retells the opening. We get Nick Cage's first transformation. They actually don't show him ever change. Truly um like the first movie did so like you might see him start to change and then it cuts outside and you see lights flashing inside the room or you hear screams or whatnot and then you see the writer so but the first time they do it is kind of cool um you um, there are lots of shadows and stuff um effects like i said look much better the fight scenes are actually kind of awesome cage is slightly more subdued which is kind of weird um to see in this but they do this weird thing when he's like around evil, like his eyes pop. They do this weird CG thing where his face like distorts and like he might get like a giant eye and stuff. It's very strange when they do that, but he doesn't really Nick Cage out much um, until like the end. There's like this one transformation where he kind of does. Um, they do this cool sound thing. They play with sound a lot. Whenever the writer's coming, you hear like, it's almost like the scraping at a door sound before the writer ever gets there. Um, there's turning anything he rides. This one, they do, they play a lot more with him getting on other things than his motorcycle and then becoming like, there's like this tractor thing that he gets on and then it flames out and becomes his vehicle, which is kind of cool. There's a weird thing where this the kid he's protecting ask him so so what happens when you have to pee when you're the ghost rider and it is like well I like pee flames and then they show it they like cut oh. to like a black screen oh. and you see the ghost rider like peeing and waving the flames around and then he like turns and looks at the camera it's very odd um, and then. Johnny at some point in time gives his soul like the spirit away to like help the kid and the family. And then Rourke, you know, double crosses him and he ends up getting the spirit back. And then it becomes this cool car chase scene. There's actually a really fun car chase. You can tell this movie doesn't have a big budget. They don't really go anywhere. It's all pretty simple sets. Uh, There's not much there as far as like locations. Oh, sorry. Um, But it is cool. It's, it's fun. I, I, there's something about this movie that I dig. I would tell anyone who was going to, if you're going to watch one of the Ghost Rider movies, do this one. It's just more fun. That's the best way to say it. It's just more fun. It's faster movie. Um, so yeah, do this one over the over the first one. So where do, where do I put these two movies? I put these two movies. Um, I want to edit my list so I can actually see the order. Um, the first Ghost Rider, I'm sorry, I say I'm a lot. I realize this as I record. Uh, there you go again. The first Ghost Rider, I give it two and a half stars. And I put it at number 18. It is below Spider-Man Strikes Back and above Blade Trinity. Spirit of Vengeance, I give two and a half stars. And I say it's number 17. So it's actually below Spider-Man Strikes Back and above Ghost Rider. So... If you're going to do one of these two, do Spirit of Vengeance. Don't don't do the first Ghost Rider unless you just want to. And if you just want to do it, you're not. It's not the worst thing you're going to see by far. There's definitely worse movies you could be watching. All right, so Punisher. 
2004. This I watched the theatrical cut. There is a longer version of it. I didn't watch the longer version. Um, this is an origin story. It's about two hours. Jonathan Hensley um, directed it. He also wrote it with Michael France. The composer was Carlo Salado, I think is his name. Cast. This is a weird cast for this movie. Ben Foster as credited as a Spacker Dave. I don't understand what Spacker is supposed to be, but Spacker Dave. Thomas Jane is Punisher, who I actually like. Samantha Mathis. Samantha Princess Peach from the Super Mario Brothers movie <laughs> plays Frank Castle's wife in this. Uh, you get uh, Kevin Nash playing the Russian. Will Patton plays Quentin Glass. Rebecca remains Stamos, or actually, I think it was Rebecca. Actually, I think it was Rebecca remains Stamos at this point in time. Plays Joan, like the neighbor. Roy Schneider plays Frank Castle, which I actually learned the reason Roy Schneider agreed this. He was like neighbors with Jonathan Hensley and was like, "Hey, would you want to be in my movie?" And Roy's like, "Cool, I'll do it." So that's why we have Roy Schneider in this, and then John Travolta how plays Howard Saint. Um, costume notes. Um, Frank looks like Frank. And then I uh, forgot to mention the other, the two ghostwriters, Stan does not appear. And Stan does not appear in this. Um, and the reason is Stan did, Stan only appears in stuff that he worked on, which is why Stan's not in these movies. At this point, that's how Stan was doing it. Uh, the villain is is Howard Saint. So, Eric, this is Punisher's first appearance. Um, so you can think of this also for when you watch the next movie, when we talk about the next movie. Okay. Um, this is what Punisher looked like in mm-hmm. ni- in 2004. Um, here's another okay. one of Punisher in 2004, and then this is this is what we get is is this. It's actually yeah. not a bad yeah. look. I I dig Thomas Jane. He I'll, I'll I'm just gonna say it now. He is no. my favorite of the Punishers. Even like with um, John Barenthal, I prefer Thomas Jane. There's just something more. I feel like I can like him more than Barenthal. What were you gonna say, John? Oh, I was gonna say he's. I think he's a better actor. Barenthal or Thomas Jane? Thomas Jane. Oh yes, I I, I think Thomas Jane's also a better actor. Then the Russian. That's the only other real comic book character from this. So this is what the Russian looks like in the comic books, Mister Eric. That's what the Russian looks like. So what do you do for the Russian? You get a wrestler named Kevin Nash. So So they did it. They actually did it. Uh, So, all right. This movie, it opens up with the Marvel logo. And it's got this cool opening. I love the music in this movie. I like the music of this movie a lot. I like the Punisher's theme a lot. I could listen to this soundtrack. I really dig this music. This movie opens up and takes place mostly in Tampa, Florida, which is not Punisher. Um, he should be in New York, but whatever. I'll, I'll allow it in this time. First look at Frank. He's in disguise. He's an undercover cop. He's doing the deal. The deal goes the way it's supposed to, with the exception of one person dies that wasn't supposed to die. It's That's a true. criminal's kid. Um, they shoot Frank, and then we find out that it was all a trick. Frank wasn't dead, but they needed everyone to think that that person um, that persona died. And then, you know, Frank retires after that, and he's going to go to ultimately London, but they go to, I think, Bermuda is where they're at, um, just to, like, hang out right before they go to where they need to go. Um, they're doing an gr- amazing job of building up how happy. I mean, once that mission, the retirement happens to when the bad stuff happens, 
it feels like a feel good family mm-hmm. movie. They really do a great job of building up how awesome this is. And then the kid gives um, Frank the shirt, the skull shirt. He finds it at like a vendor in town and it's supposed to ward off evil spirits. That's the idea of the symbol on the shirt. Frank gets it and it's kind of interesting. And then they're at the party and then we cut to Howard Saint. He's learned that his son um, has died. He's learned that Frank Castle, well, this one guy is the reason it all happened. Then they discovered that Frank was, that this guy was an undercover cop named Frank Castle. And then they're like, hey, go and kill this Frank Castle. And then he looks at his wife. He's like, anything else? And she's like, I want you to kill everyone in his family. I know he's at a family reunion. Kill them all. No one survives. (laughs) If she hadn't done that, probably wouldn't have had Punisher. But she did. So they go and they kill everyone at this party. We get to see Roy Schneider. Uh, Schneider. Roy Scheider gets shot in the back with a shotgun and die. Um, and we cuts off this weird action sequence that's kind of cool. And then Frank gets shot point blank in the chest by one of Howard Saint's mm-hmm. sons. Falls to the ground. They try to light him on fire. There's an explosion, and somehow it pushes him into the ocean, and he survives. Which movie logic? I don't understand this, but he survives. He gets some help and he goes back and then he starts to become the Punisher. Now, he has weird neighbors. Those are the worst part of this whole movie is the weird neighbors. We get to, but we do get to see Frank do this torture scene and it's straight out of the comics. He tortures one of the guys. Um, he, he actually tortures the guy who helped broker the deal. That's why he goes after this one guy. And he's like, got him upside down. He's like, I'm going to hit you with this blowtorch and it's, it's, it's going to be weird. It's so hot. You won't feel heat but you're going to smell yourself like burning and it's going to be kind of cold. And so like he started, he lights up the blowtorch and then he starts searing a steak behind the guy. So the guy smells the meat and he takes a popsicle and jams it into the guy's back. <laughs> and then the guy freaks out and starts talking. And to me, that is like classic Punisher the way <laughs> he did it. And so the guy Lips on Howard and he's going to help him. So he sets up this convoluted scene, this convoluted scheme that's pretty awesome. His basic idea is he's going to fuck over Howard. He's going to take all of Howard's money. He's going to do all this stuff. He's going to make Howard kill his best friend and kill his wife. And then Punisher is going to kill his son and then kill Howard. So he ends up, his best friend is gay. So he gets blackmail images of the friend. And then he's like, all right, cool. I'll give you this stuff if you come to this hotel. So the guy goes to the hotel to wait there. So then he Frank gets the wife's car while she's at a movie and drives it over there and gives her a parking ticket so that the parking ticket can be linked to the hotel. So then later, Howard can will think that the friend was cheating on the wife. Oh, shit. It goes through it. Eventually, the, the, the guy who's in on it with him is... Tells Howard, oh, I saw I saw this guy over at the hotel. That's kind of interesting that he was at the hotel. And then when Howard confronts him, he's like, oh, I wasn't at the hotel. I was. That's a very loud cat. behind me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, he's like, I wasn't at the hotel. I was sleeping out there. Are you saying my guy's a liar? Yes, I am. I was sleeping. Then, like the next day, the quote unquote friend, or the, I'm sorry, the guy who's helping Frank, it's like, Mr. Saint, what do you want me to do with your wife's parking ticket? What do you mean parking ticket? She got a parking ticket at the hotel. Well, when was my friend at the hotel? Starts to set up this whole thing. 
eventually Howard will go nuts and he will kill his best friend. And then he will go and confront his wife and he'll throw his wife and kill her at, uh, well, sorry, before he kills her, she'll go, Howard, he's gay. He's like, you'll say anything to get out of this, won't you? So he throws her off of a bridge and lets her get hit by a train. Then he's like, I'm gonna, we're gonna kill this Punisher guy. Everyone gets to kill this guy. Take him out. Punisher goes, takes out everyone, kills the son, and then confronts Howard. And he's like, I got my revenge. I killed your son. And you hear an explosion as the son's dying. He's like, I killed your son. Then he throws photos of his friend kissing another guy. And he's like, I made you kill your best friend. And then he drops the earring that was another piece of the trail. And he's like, I made you kill your wife. And now I'm going to kill you. And he ties him to a car and just lets the car start rolling down the road before he blows it up. It's a really cool scene. That's basically kind of it. Now, the, <laughs> that, that's that's how the movie ends. Like I've skipped through like lots of the non stuff, but it's like it's, how it's many double crosses were in that? I, I made you do this. No, I made you do this. You know, There's like nine double crosses in this. Like it's really cool. That's kind of nuts. I really I really dig like the how this works. Like it logically when you're watching it all, you're like, oh man. Once you start to see what he's doing, you're like, that's really good. No way he'll kill. Oh, he killed her. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. Um, the one interesting thing about this movie behind the scenes is in this shot here where Frank stabs the Russian, he actually stabbed him with the knife by accident. Oh, snap. But Kevin, Kevin Nash is just like, let's just keep doing the scene. And then the cast and crew, they all buy him like beer afterwards. <laughs> And the reason, and um, he's got short hair in this. In wrestling, he had long hair. So to get away with the, I have to cut my hair, they did a, a Chris Jericho match, a shave your head match, was how they actually explain away in the wrestling world how his mm. hair um, shifts. Um, also, I don't know if you know this, Kevin Nash played Super Shredder in Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of These. So another little random thing for you. Oh, um, it, it's fun. I, I like this movie. This is one that, this is a movie that is fan culture nuts because this was a movie came out and fans liked it and they liked it enough that in like i think it was the first five days sold like five million copies on dvd and showed marvel like oh my god you can make a lot of money with this character but fans were like it's not violent enough it needs to be more violent there's no because it was i want to say it's pg-13 it might be r but i think it's pg-13 um and so they were like, we need to be more violent. We need to be more violent. And so, of course, they make a more violent one. And then everyone's like, we don't want this. So it's like, it's make up your damn mind. <laughs> I think if you were to take out Punisher and you were to say this was John Wick or this was John McClane, this movie would work very well. Mm. I think just the character is what causes this to be a problem because everyone's like it's not punisher enough but this movie still works this movie slaps it's great i like this movie a lot i enjoy it every time i watch it i enjoy it it has its problems but i enjoy this movie overall so i i like this one a good bit i would definitely recommend someone watch this movie yeah i don't know if, know if you need to watch the the extended cut versus the theatrical. I don't know if it really matters because I, I can't remember exactly what the differences are. 
but it's it's an enjoyable movie. And like enjoyable things. I like to recommend things. Complete, by the way. And yeah, yeah I, I do enjoy this movie. I really do. Um let's recommend some libraries, Eric. Where can people go and read some funny books? All right. So I've been uh I've been recommending my libraries, as you guys know, based on uh, a hometown of one of the actors a lot of times in the show. Uh, but I, I did it a little bit differently uh, this time. And, and I hope you'll all stick with me a little bit on this. Uh, because I saw a story uh, in the news that made me feel like I needed to to focus in a little bit more. Uh, since it, it kind of ran with mine. And uh, John, I'm sorry to take away from the politics podcast for a little bit here. Uh, but there uh-huh. was a, a county in Texas um, and city. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name, I think, but Yano, I want to say. It's a L-L-A-N-O, Lano, maybe. Um, but I want to I, I want to give it that liquid L. Anyway, uh, the commission there, uh, let's see if I, I have a little story up so I can read it. Um, in April of, so basically there was a, a banning of books and they were removed from the library. And so in April of 2022, uh, these are some... The banned books, by the way, are things like Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents. They called themselves the KKK, The Birth of of an American Terrorist Group, Uh, Being Jazz, My Life as a Transgender Teen. Uh, So surely you can kind of probably connect some threads on that. But ultimately, uh, they had called them Pornographic Filth, CRT, and LGBTQ books, and ultimately removed, I want to say about seven books, um, maybe 12 or so books, Uh, but but banned essentially in, 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 in the whole lot for that. So in April, 2022, uh, residents sued to try to get those unbanned essentially uh, and to call that, uh, you know, call the first amendment on that. Um, and so one of the options that was floated uh, was instead of simply bringing the books back, they thought of just simply defunding the public library system in the County um, in that jurisdiction. So the Lano County, uh, public libraries, um, which is a three-branch system, uh, were at one moment threatened, um, and that's simply because people didn't want you to read some books, and so instead of simply allowing the freedom to read what you want to read and what's being written out there, uh, they were just going to take away your option to read at all. So I felt the need to highlight Lano, Texas, and their local libraries today as my local library, and, and hopefully we can get back to business as usual next time. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, the Lano uh, Public Library is in Lano, Texas. Uh, that is zip code 78643, for those of you keeping count. Um, it is part of a three library branch system, so it's not a giant town, uh, not a big community. Uh, from the seams of it, compared to, to some of its neighbors in Texas, it's a little uh, northwest of Austin, if you will, and pretty much directly north of San Antonio, kind of right in the heart of Texas, uh, you know, location-wise. Um, some of their services that they offer at this library and the branches in general are services like a Career Center uh, and, and Career Guidance, SAT and College Prep Opportunities, uh, ways to improve your computer skills in a computer skill center, um, as well as Spanish-speaking resources uh, for those who, who need them or want them. Um, the branches are open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5.30. I believe that's all branches. That's certainly the main library. Uh, doesn't appear that they are open on the weekends, but hey, that's fine. And when you get a day off, when you get the chance, head on over there Monday to Friday, 9 to 5.30. Um, if you're wondering where exactly it is, 
uh, for all of those uh, our age or, or, or maybe slightly younger, but able to have an adult beverage or two, uh, feel free to hit them up. They're really close to the Lano Brewing Company, um, which is, uh, they're right there. I think that's kind of by the river for those of you close by, uh, or the lake as it might be called. I think it looked like kind of both on the maps. Um, and it's Grinwelge Park is its other neighbor. So it's kind of right in between the brewery and the park. Uh, so sounds like a great day to go get a book, a beer, and do some reading. So uh, the Lana County, or the Lano, sorry, County Main Library um, and their whole system. Please check them out if you're in the area. And please just support your local libraries. Um, they're important, and they do rely on, on donations and local support as much as uh, any other source of funding. Nice. Good job. I like that one. I like that choice. I've been reading that story, too. I've been following this, uh, this library. Yeah. Be curious to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and I'm going to see why my cat was being as loud as my cat was being a minute ago. See you in a second. See you soon. And we're back. We are back to talk about Punisher Warzone, the 2008 Marvel movie. From Lionsgate, that's about an hour and 43 minutes, directed by Lexi Alexander, um, written by Nick Santoro, Art McCorum, or Markham, uh, Matt Holloway, composer Michael Wanmacher, I'm so bad with names. Um, This time playing Punisher, we have Ray Stevenson um, as Punisher, Dominique West as Jigsaw, starring in his own movie, Um, Wayne Knight. Um, Nedry from Jurassic Park as Micro and Julie Benz as Angela. In this costume, looks actually like Punisher, and our villain is Jigsaw. Now, the reason I want to throw out why I said Jigsaw's in his own movie, he feels like he's acting in his own movie. He's so over the top and all over the place. It got really cartoonish, really cartoonish, fast. So, Eric, you asked this um, off the podcast, and so I'm going to answer it now before we talk about this. They were going to do a sequel to the other Punisher movie, mm-hmm. and they showed it to Thomas Jane, and Thomas Jane's like, nope, I don't like this script. Um, it's not going to work for me. I'm sorry. I'm out. So what they decided to do was to rewrite the script, change up a lot of things about it, and just recast Punisher and just be like, hey, it's its own thing. It's a standalone Punisher movie. It's basically, it's it's quasi its own origin because we see origin shots of Punisher and it's different the way the family died. And they're just like, this is it. This is going to be our new Punisher going forward. So it is not an actual sequel um, to the other one. It's its own wonderful thing. They also chose to go more cartoony and comic booky. Um, one thing, I don't know if you noticed it in the, most of the shots, the director chooses to only use three primary colors in each shot to try to make it look more comic book. Um, and sometimes it actually works. Some of the shots are really cool. Um, she also wanted to actually the day she went to pitch this movie I was reading was the day of the, um, or sorry, the day she was supposed to pitch it was the day of the Virginia tech shooting. Ooh. And so then she um, was like, Hey, can I pitch this? And a couple of days, like, like a week or two later, she does, and she chose to purposely go extreme over the top with the scenes so that they hopefully could not be replicated by people. 
So that is one of the reasons the the shots, like the violence is the way it is in this movie. Uh, okay. Okay. Is this why he shoots people at the table and then proceeds to hang himself upside down from a chandelier? <laughs> Which did you notice? They don't actually show how he gets up on the chandelier. No, he it was just... like, what is this? This is not Cirque du Soleil. But you know what? It's a fucking cool scene. It is. Cool. Like, it is a cool. No, shot. it was it's... until then. <laughs> no, even with, I think it's kind of cool with him up there. Like, I do again. I don't know how he got up there, but it's cool with him doing it and then like spinning around shooting. I mean, it's a cool scene visually. Visually, it's cool. Does it make sense? No, but it's visually cool. Uh, um, I think this is the only movie to have the Marvel Knights logo on it. Hmm. I think. I want you to know um, that I came down from watching this film, turned to my wife, and said, "This movie made me dumber." Okay. <laughs> hey, did did what you think about the because the comic book side of it, John? What did you think about that comic book opening, like the op- like the pan the way they did the panels and the art and stuff, just on the opening credits? I mean. I actually fine. dug it. it. Felt, I actually really liked it a lot. It, it was okay. It felt derivative. It made me think of like things I've seen in Highlander and other movies, but with its own variation. I, I can see that. I can see that. I like the uh, keep your nose clean. Sure. Let me snort this coke. <laughs> Immediately. <God. laughs> Immediately. I enjoy that he died because of that. Me too. I <laughs> so, so much enjoy And he, not only did he die, but he got his face punched in. Yes, and you know what's bad? I never bothered to learn that character's name. I didn't learn it either. I was just like, I was (laughs) also just saying. I just know that he had his dad was work was his little pushing him around. That's it. Yeah, this movie like there's so many people I don't know their names except for two. There's like two people I know their names. I think it was Nikki. Maybe, maybe. I do appreciate that they're like jig. Like when we learned that Jigsaw is um I don't remember his real name. I think it was like Billy or or something. Maybe ink. Um, yeah, I Billy's like how real Billy Jigsaw. It's Billy and his yeah, brother James. I like how I like how vain Billy is. I like how they play it up, and then he just goes nuts. Like, oh, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, before we get to that, um, but I, I do. I like how when Punisher comes in, like this is just like holy fuck, is he a killer? Like no qualms about it. I'm just going yeah. to kill you, blood everywhere. But but there is like this weird. Like bipolar kind of element to it where it's like on off. Yeah. That's Mm. weird. And and like on off, it's like speaking on off makes me think of like a light switch and the on off of like, I'm going to, my my nose is broken. Let me turn, flip the switch and turn it on by shoving a pencil up my nose and like setting my nose with a pencil. Yes. It was a very strange scene for me. Can Uh, I just say that the special agent and all that stuff with the guy who's been following him for years mm-hmm. kind of thing felt pointless. It Well, I get it, but I feel like it overplayed, even though I did appreciate Oliver Queen's stepdad walking into the place and making a very profound bullshit and <laughs> in the middle of the police yes. station. Or, or, and the police station that is so stereotypically New York as to be nearly offensive. Yeah, I think if we would have just had Oliver Queen's dad versus the tube guys, it would have been better. (laughs) Well, but, you know, the stepdad guy goes down to the task force, which is nothing more than detective soap. No, no, no. No, Let's get it right. The task force is the X-Files. Oh, yeah. It's like, where are the alien files? All of them. Where are the Punisher files? All of them. (laughs) Uh, Of course, then he's the one who tells us who Frank Castle is. 
Yeah, we start to learn all the different Frank stuff. And then, Which I like would have been better than the PTS flashback stuff. I wish we just kept to that explanation. Yeah, the flashback stuff gave me PTSD. But not as much as the Netflix Punisher flashbacks. That, that that's, one what I, that's what I got the PTSD from. Oh, that one? Yes, yes. That one definitely is. Um, so we're going to get to where we're going to start to create our villain of this movie. I want to say by throwing want, him into a recycler for well, glass. Well, well, before that, I want I want a fold up small laser scoped crossbow. <laughs> that is so cool. That I mean, that's a little ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's like you got to take like twelve minutes to set the damn thing up. You get your one shot. And then you move on, but it looked cool. I like the. You know thing. what? When he was setting it up, it looked like he had one of those lady pistols. It did it before really it became did. a crossbow. I was like, "Wait, isn't this one of the ones that, like, in the in the cowboy movies, the woman carries in her garter belt?" Yeah, it looked just like that. Uh, and then, like, while that's or maybe he was on, going to shoot Mary Todd Lincoln instead of Abe. <laughs> <laughs> I like when all that's going on. Like, we see like the parkour guys, the parkour three. That oh god, please, what just parkour, oh. parkour. I would the doors if, that way. We're gonna parkour okay, off the ceiling. Okay, yeah, I'm but, gonna go back to this and I want to re-edit it to be like the that little cold open from the office where Andy and Dwight and Michael are doing it instead, because I feel like that would be an improvement. But you have to include the rocket shot. No, well, yeah, you have to do the cover up, but we're gonna talk about that rocket shot. <laughs> so amazing. Getting up to this little <laughs> bit. Dime. Um, I really appreciate this. And then we get to what John was just talking about a second ago, throwing him in. Well, first, before he throws him in, Frank shoots the cop that's gonna drive Frank's conscience. Yeah, yeah. Shoots the cop by accident, but then we get to throwing Billy into the recycling sink. It this this part, okay, I don't know if you caught it, John. You probably did. Throwing him into the glass thing is like, we start to set up Batman 89. We're doing the I know, it's totally, it totally made me think of the Jack Nicholson. Yeah, you yeah. throw him into the thing, and then skipping ahead for just a second, but we'll come back to the glass. Um, when we do the reveal of Jigsaw, 100% 89 Batman. 100%. Oh, yeah. Except he very implicitly kills the doctor this time. Right. Um, okay, so throwing him in the thing. What an awesome scene. No, that was it's good. So cool. I mean, yeah. it's violent as hell. Oh, yeah. But man, is it cool. I don't know how he survived. Honestly. Yeah, I would have thought the trauma alone would have just killed him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But oh my God, that is such a cool, not just visually, but just awesome scene. We because I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie before. We see people get thrown into different things, but yeah. never seen them. Probably one of the better moments of the whole thing. It the is. The one thing I'll say, though, is it only damaged his face, but he was like engulfed in that thing. Like, I, I would have thought it would have torn up clothes. I'm sh- but I'm up. sure it did. We just don't see. I mean, they just didn't want us to see what's left of his penis well, or his fair. ass. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so I, I bet you this whole body is. <laughs> if completely... his face looks that bad. Yeah. Imagine what his back looks like. <laughs> then we uh, meet or... his friend, Micro. Yeah. We, fe- Mike, Who we is meet like... Micro. Who you know, or as I like to refer to him, is either Jerry Seinfeld's nemesis or the guy who steals the stuff <laughs> in Jurassic Park. He's yes, always going to be Nedry to me. Yeah, he's Newman. always going to be Nedry. Well, and then it's like I love how uh, it's uh, like he brought him guns, and he's like, "Yeah, it's easy. You go to down to Virginia and you go to a gun show." And I'm like, "Oh God, yeah." 
So when we get so at this point now we're catching up to the scene that I was talking about the the Batman eighty nine gauze scene. Yeah. And I love how like I wrote as he that was happening and he's like, All right, everyone leave but the doctor. I just wrote down, Well, he took this well. <laughs> <laughs> and we said the doctor dead, like, yeah. I, to me, well. here's here's my question to the doctor. Yeah, you, you knew, right? Mm-hmm. You knew it was coming. As if I were the doctor and he told me to stay, and I knew this guy, right? I'm gonna die. Yeah. So why not just make a break for it? Yeah. Or any, like, nope, fuck it, I'm not staying. <laughs> yeah. Like just anything other than what's yeah. about to happen to me. You know, like yeah, like I don't need to be here for this. Yeah. But then we go to I won't. I want James. Don't you call him LBJ. Don't you call him Looney Jim. <laughs> James. Yes. That was a weird sound. What was that sound? Sorry, I think something went off on my phone. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, I like the the Jim. And then we cut to the person who deserves the death the most in this entire movie. The orderly. Who goes in there and is like, would you like some applesauce? I'm going to eat your applesauce. Yeah, I was like, I was like, is he, is he a dick or is he just trying to like encourage? Like, no, he's just a dick and he, he deserves what he's getting. I don't know. I, don't I, know. I wrote like this guy deserves whatever he's about to I th- get. I think it's fat shaming on a whole new level. <laughs> <laughs> I like when they, when they free him and he's just like. Man's just trying to get some natural fiber. That's all I'm saying. He's trying to get some natural fiber. I love when uh when he, he uh, gets they get LBJ out of there and he's like, I want my applesauce back. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna eat my applesauce. What was it in Germany, like liver and applesauce as a delicacy or kidney or something like that? Yeah, and then you just see him like going like full on <laughs> Hannibal. <laughs> Rachel was in the room when that scene happened. She's like, What the hell are we watching? I think it's a Marvel movie. I swear it's a Marvel movie. It's just got cannibalism in it. And this kind of this isn't that like one of the first times that we see Jigsaw like <laughs> and like start doing like the big villainous laugh, you know? Yeah, as he's starting to get into his own movie. Yeah, it's just becoming the Jigsaw insane. Movie. Well, you know, like you're talking about like the fact that it's like oh, it has all these similarities to the Joker. That Batman was just the Joker movie. Oh yeah, right? that yeah. was the first Joker movie. So yeah. I'm sure he like came into this. He's like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all good. I know. What you we're guys, do. I am a jigsaw. <laughs> yeah. So and then we get to now that we've seen that little bit of a scene, we kind of get to like Punisher is like his conscience is kicking in. He's going to give the money to the wife. Yeah. And then the wife's like, I'm not taking your money. But you do get that an line. Interesting- who punishes you? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. And yeah. it's really cool when he's Can like, we say well, you she has can. the worst accent too. Well, there's that. Okay. I was, I was, I was going to accent shame her. I I was. Okay, go for it. Shame. Where is she from, Eric? Where is she from? Was she from know. the Bronx? No, Death Wish? She was not from where her accent was from. All right, look, all right, getting back. She has this, he has a death wish because he like literally lets her like, here, you can shoot me right here and kill me. Yeah. And I I did, I that that's one of those moments that does humanize this Punisher for me. True. Where it's like, he knows, he knows what he's doing is wrong and he's willing to accept the punishment. If you want to, if you want to punish him, he'll take it. Whatever the punishment is. Who watches the Watchmen? Yeah, yeah. 
So he, he takes the money, and then we get to where Jigsaw is getting the penthouse. And I love it. I was like, I can't, I, I cry when I see how ugly I look. I'll make sure you never have to see your reflection again. I'm LB, I'm LBJ, the mirror killer. And he just like breaks every, like the weirdest scene. Like he doesn't just break mirrors. He like body, body slams. slams. Yeah, <laughs> all the mirrors. Uh, that's why I called him the mirror killer. he makes killer. that deal with the Russians at some point. Yeah, that I was like the how, next thing I was going to talk about. When he like jams that wine glass and that guy's neck. But my oh, favorite yeah. part is how he easily just sells them out later. Yeah. And then He's nuts. Just, like full like, apparently getting like caught up in glass just literally drives you insane. And, like, but you know what's level. even better is when you help out DHS, they'll give you information to go after people they know. Yeah. Apparently. So this is about the point in the movie that I had noticed something weird, and I'm curious if you guys noticed it. Was the sound all over the place? Like it's yeah. all like really quiet, and you feel like you're turning your TV up constantly, and then all of a sudden there's action, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's too loud." Yeah, that happened to me too. Okay, so it wasn't just me. It's one of those movies. It's super quiet, super loud to show you the difference. Yeah, yeah. But then we get to my favorite scene of this entire movie. You mean like when he truth. opens the hotel like the Joker? No. <laughs> when we see the parkour guys. Uh, parkour, parkour. And that guy parkour. does that flip and that rocket comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and I'm just like applauding. I'm like. I died. I'm doing this. I, I, my note is laugh out loud. The missile hitting the parkour guy is amazing. Jeff's kiss. <laughs> It, it was like such an over-the-top moment. Like, A, nothing survived. There was no remnants of the body. Right. It was perfectly timed, perfectly aimed. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I feel no, like that's when it was like, cool, we're not even going to worry about this movie anymore. Yeah, like, we're just having fun at this point. Um, But I, this is when I, this is part of the movie when I started, like, looking up random facts on this movie. Um, which I'm going to come back to in a second. And when I read you the number one fact I, I learned, you're going to be like, Get that. I didn't want that happen. Uh yeah, let's speed this one up. So we have the dead guy. So it. we 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 cut over to the this is where I was talking about earlier about the visuals. After basically after this, we get to the church. And I know I know we had all the micro stuff with him being the Punisher, all of a sudden we can go weird racist for a split second. Yeah, um it happens to the best. It it does. I'm just gloss over that a little bit. It's a weird scene. I don't like that scene. My mother only responds to anyway. Uh <laughs> we go to the church. I think the church is one visually one of the best scenes in the movie. Like the way they make the colors pop inside that church yeah. is really cool. Which this all starts to bring to the, the final epic um part of this movie with let's go in and storm storm jigsaw's place. It's it's an inch. It could be a better scene for me. The whole like the final act, like leading into the fight scene, it could be way better. Yeah. There's something odd about it. I don't. I can't place it. I don't know if it's pacing or the shots, the deaths, the fights. I didn't really care for it. like when we kill LBJ. Like I didn't really care. Like eh. it wasn't cool. It felt uh, like the wrap up of a TV show. It did. It like really like, wrapped up like really a, it quick. It felt like a TV show wrap up, you know, action sequence versus a movie uh, set piece. Yeah, 
the only thing that's fascinating about it is the the Sophie's Choice moment. Yeah. That's like the only thing fascinating. And then like you see Nedry accepting like, all right, Frank's going to kill me. I'm I'm okay with it. And I do like how Frank's like, it's, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. And then he shoots the other guy. And then Nedry's dead. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, that sucks. They they had to kill Micro. Oh, that, that sucks. And then we get to the, like, the lackluster fight. Like this is Jigsaw so nuts to me. I don't know why the fight is what the fight is. It could have been so much cooler. Um, but I do, I did appreciate like him burning to death. <laughs> that was kind of fun. <laughs> he had too much makeup on to do a big fight. Oh scene. god, that was cheesy. That must be what is that must have been just too much. In fairness, to do a... he did kind of look like the comic character, though. He does. He looks just I mean, it's comic accurate. Yeah. Hey, there's a no, lot... they didn't the, yeah. the creepy fucking eye, that's what got me. Yeah. Which okay. I think slowly changed over the course of the movie. <laughs> I didn't track it. I think it. it actually, I think it actually gets more disgusting as the movie goes. Okay, but there's a line near the end that really cringed me. It was the he's one of just the one good line? guys. He's one of the good guys. No, this one just happened to come at the end. The cringy thing for me at this movie, it's not actually the lines; it's the final. Punisher shot oh, where God. the guy's getting saved. He's like, Frank, Frank. And then it cuts to Frank up there, which at first is a cool shot. It actually visually looks great. It's the upshot. You see Frank standing there. You can actually see the skull for one of the few times in this movie because Lexi didn't want the skull to be shown. Then you see the cross. And then it was like, Jesus saves. And then it just morphs to just saves. I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> Why did we go there? Like we didn't need to. Can we That's have the cringy thing for me? Can we have Detective Soap's like testosterone levels checked? I'm a little worried about him. There's lots of people's testosterone levels you've probably checked in this movie. But he's the one I feel like I need to check the most. Just maybe you should check Frank. Yeah, yeah, it's the whininess. It's like the He's a pacifist. He just doesn't he doesn't believe in guns or violence or acting. God, please. So the what I kind of learned about this, um, the, there's two little fascinating facts. So the first one is that Freddie Prince Jr. was almost cast as Jigsaw. Was oh. like really close to pa- uh, being Jigsaw, and the studio said no. The studio was like, we're not going to do it. We don't want this Freddie Prince guy. So you almost had Freddie Prince Jr. Huh. And we know that because Lexi talked about it in an interview. Um, was how we kind of learned that. And I mean, then the other thing. I really like Dominic West. Just wasn't his role. Agreed. Agreed. Although props to him he did, for he going really to like. It. He went for it. He went to 15. Yeah. Yeah. On a one to five. He was 15. That was kind of problematic, though. <laughs> well, that's why, like, he yeah, is in much. his own. He's in he his Nick, own movie. He Nick caged it. He well, that's this is why he said Jack he, Nicholson did. Uh, he is in his own movie. He is just flat out in his yeah. own movie. Um, and then the um, other thing is, this is to date Marvel's lowest grossing movie. Oh wow! And yeah. you kind of can see why. I feel like it came and went pretty quickly. If you if you look at the um, poster for it, I'm realizing it says in theaters December 5th. So this came yeah. out like just in time for Christmas. 
<laughs> yeah, it was like the Christmas movie. We're like, why? Like clearly they were throwing it away, you know? Yeah. Um uh, don't watch this movie, ladies and gentlemen. Just don't, please. Please yeah. don't. What watch watch until uh uh Jigsaw becomes Jigsaw. Or just watch that one scene. Yeah. Just watch that one scene. Uh final thoughts, final thoughts on Punisher Warzone. It, it forgettable. A, yeah, it wasn't the worst movie on the list, but it 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 is not worth watching again or recommending anyone else to watch. Yeah. All right. Where do you guys put it? Ooh, I'm going to my list. I, I gave up, it two I and a half. I gave it two and a half stars. Wow. I, and that was only for some of the action sequences and the few things that I mean it barely made it there. It's behind Blade, but it is above Howard the Duck. Do you know what number that is? For me, that's number five. Mine is Big Hero Six, Hulk versus Wolverine, Hulk Planet, Hulk versus Thor, Blade, Punisher Warzone, Howard the Duck, Incredible Hulk Returns, Nick Fury, Ultimate Avengers, um, Fantastic Four, and Doctor Strange. Still cracks me up that Doctor Strange is your, is your I don't know if it's ever going to get moved. Wait a minute, where was Man Thing? Oh, sorry, I, I skipped Man Thing. Man Thing was oh crud, shut my list off. There Man we go. Man Thing's I, above Doctor Strange. Yeah, I just don't. I don't understand that. But that's all right. That's it's <laughs> lists are subjective. People, you can. It's like right order above it, wherever though. you want. It's like right above it. It's like right. Eric. Where's where's this for you? I gave it two and a half stars. Um, I thought it it, for, and it, it luckily has the bias of what we've seen so far. Yeah. Had I really watched this more like in the middle of the MCU and been like, oh, we've seen all these other things, like it would be just met, blown away in, in, in terms of even worse than I already think it is, I guess. Um, it ranks right. currently number seventh <laughs> all right. uh, on my list, right behind Blade, right in front of uh, The Incredible Hulk Returns. Wow. Wow. You guys ranked, I'm just going to say, you guys gave it better rating than I did. Oh, <laughs> um, you've had to watch more, so so maybe maybe there's more to watch good more. on your list too. Well, I think this goes to prove and get your point of like I like everything. You clearly <laughs> like this better than me. All right, so I, to remind everyone, the 1989 Punisher, I gave two and a half stars, and it's number 31 on my list currently, and is just above Doctor Strange and just below the Death of the Incredible Hulk. So that's where the original is. So Punisher 2004. I give it three stars, and it is actually number four on my list. Ooh. It is right behind Planet Hulk, right above Blade. Um, behind Blade is still Big Hero 6, Eric. Ooh. Suck it. And then my Punisher Warzone, I give it two stars. So that's why I'm like, you guys clearly like this movie more than me. It is number 26 on my list. It is behind Iron Man Rise of the Technovore and above Ooh next avengers heroes of tomorrow oh wow the next movie like live action thing that's right below it is actually um nick fury agent of shield wow. see i have so. nick fury higher than this online let's oh, <laughs> are subjective folks Remember, are subjective. <laughs> i did i did but I, I you know the reason why i like this here's the reason the honest reason why i like this a little bit more than nick fury hmm. this one the action sequences are way cooler and way more fun to watch 
the Nick Furies were. That's honestly, yeah. when I was sitting there trying to figure out like where do I want it, I was like, at least if I'm going to watch one of these two movies, at least I know I can get a little bit more enjoyment visually yeah, but, out of this. Yeah, but there's a genre bias then in that case, because this, much like the MCU, is a, a tale of two different genres between these I know. two movies. There definitely is. I mean, Nick Fury is two and a half stars for me, and it's below something that's two stars. Ooh, you did that. Okay. So yeah, all of mine are like, I, all right, all right. I might I'm trying to, to look. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to look at it as so like. So you're what, saying what, you could have more stars, but still be below. I'm trying you're... to do like, what do I want to watch? What do I have more fun watching? I have I more know. fun watching this than I have watching Nick Fury. I need to ask the audience on this because that that doesn't make sense. Like, how would you how would you rank your list, audience? Like, if you were ranking a list, would it be like the best movie to the worst movie or the movie you most see? I don't see the difference. The movie you most want to watch, right? Versus you know, how do you not rank that uh, higher stars in that case? I've ranked the star after I watch the movies when I throw in the stars. I then put it on the list and then I determine where it goes on the list. The stars are just what my initial gut reaction mm. is to a movie. Your star- so, stars are walking out of the theater yeah. mentality. And then thinking, like the actual thinking about it is where it l- falls on the list. That's not how my list is. So this That's how can, my list is. Your list can I know. be however you want to do it. Well, I'm wondering if I should do that because I might I might think that there are things that work that way. Yeah, you could. I, I mean, there's some things that could be worse, like story and stuff. But you're like, God, at least it was fun, and I can enjoy watching this more than Doctor Strange. True. Hey, folks, if you're this. still with us, we'd like to thank <laughs> appreciate you as we talk about how we list our things. Grind, it's important, though. It's, and I think, but I think that's important for when we do get to. I mean, when we hit the MCU in like two weeks. I mean, this is start to we're going to start to see some weird variances on things. Yes, I mean, but when we start putting sometimes up. it's best that a magician doesn't say the prestige out loud. I, I, I think <laughs> it's. A, I am I think, no magician. <laughs> I do think that this sh- this will as people start to see our stuff, they'll start to. I mean, they. I mean, they've listened for this many episodes to begin with. You but they'll start to they see our taste on like. Oh, this is why I like this person's opinion. This is why I agree with Dr. Evans more. This is why I like Eric's more. Like we can start, they can see how we think on things, especially when we get to weirder things outside of the MCU. So outside of the MCU, what are we watching next? So next week, ladies and gentlemen, um, we start to switch to a little bit of a different format. Um, We've been doing four movies at a time. We're going to start kind of going down to three. And I do think we will go back to four at some point, if I remember correctly, when we get to the MC, because we have to. But um, we're going to be doing three next week. We are going to do a Fantastic Four block. I'm going to watch the 2005 Fantastic Four movie. I'm going to watch the 2007 Fantastic Four Rise of Silver Surfer. And then we're all going to watch the 2015 Fantastic Four movie by Josh Trank. All of these can be found on Disney Plus. Um, I kind of think Eric shouldn't okay. have to watch the Fantastic Four from 2005 as well. No, think no, that's good. not how this works. Not, John, what do you think? That's not how this works. No, <laughs> I think he messed up his homework assignment this week. So I think he should. I, to... I made up my homework assignment in the nick of time still. So the, okay, okay. Had okay. I come to the table without it, I could have understood. You, you know what? Actually, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw you a bone. You punished no, yourself so gun. much. You punished yourself so much by watching both of those movies back to back. Yeah, that was a it was a rough day. 
it was a really rough day. So you don't have to watch Fantastic Four. But if you want to, it's way better than the Fantastic Four. <laughs> uh, so that's what we're doing next week. What um, I'm gonna what I'm gonna take my time to do is go through my list again and rethink if there's a better way to do it. All right. I kind of like Dawson's gonna rethink on, his life choices. Strategy. Oh, I am. I have total ennui right now. All right. Um, I want to throw it one thing I am doing just so everyone else knows because of the TV shows I got to watch. I do have to watch something kind of weirdly out of order. So I am currently while we're watching all this, I'm watching Agent Carter. So I'm mm. almost done with the first season of Agent Carter. So I'll talk about it when we hit the MCU. But I have in order to hit everything in, the, in a time limit, I have to start watching some of the stuff. So I'll actually be doing the Netflix shows pretty soon. But um, full you disclosure, I am watching Disney Agent Carter. Disney Plus, by the way, offers with TV shows mixed in um, a a list that is full. Watch the MCU and timeline, like they have a little category that way. They, and, they like, do MCU timeline accurate. They do, and when we hit after Fantastic Four, we'll talk about the timeline a tiny little bit, so audience can kind of see what we're doing. Uh, but after Fantastic Four, we will officially be hitting MCU stuff. So we've only got one more week before MCU. I'm scared. Starts to happen. So, yeah. So, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Some Fantastic Four. So, here we go. Mr. Eric, I would like you recommend something for this week. Oh, is it my turn to recommend? I recommend it is now, and your time has started. Oh, good God. Uh, (laughs) Oh, um, so I will recommend, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'll recommend the, um, there's a podcast actually that I listen to since I got a little political with my library today. Um, I'll recommend a political podcast that I really enjoy. Uh, they are not always just political, so they do do kind of veer into pop culture a little bit more and more now. Uh, it's called The Next Level, and it's by The Bulwark uh, Podcast. Um, it's three best friends, as uh, JVL would say. Um, and it's just quite enjoyable uh, with Tim Miller and Sarah Longwell as well. Uh, for anyone who is paying attention to politics, those names are probably uh, somewhat familiar, but um yeah no it's it's just a fun group and i I highly recommend i think they have one that comes out on wednesdays and one that comes out on sundays nice and i like that you bring it back to um deadpool director tim miller so that's pretty cool (laughs) not that tim miller oh not that tim miller all right john go uh i'm recommending a book i'm almost done with it but it's been fascinating so far ringmaster vince mcmahon and the unmaking of america hmm uh, it's very fascinating to watch the interplay of our politics, our culture, and you know something that's obviously fake, but all the interdynamics of it as well. I'm currently in the 1990s. I'm right about the time that anybody who watched Russian aficionados, where the click and the birth of Degeneration X and the splitting off oh, of certain gentlemen, yeah. our our own Kevin Nash from the Punisher recap is at this point leaving part of the click with Razor Ramon, aka Scott Hall to join wcw and ted turner's rivalry mm-hmm. so nice nice that sounds actually kind of fascinating yeah it's fascinating it's mainly based around vince mcmahon and so just his whole life story is Good like timing. messed up nice i like it i am going to recommend a documentary that i watched living with chucky hmm. and it is it covers all of the Chucky movies, um, they go through them in order and give a little bit of behind the scenes, how it all happened. And then it um, just starts talking about the character in general. And it follows the daughter of the guy who created the puppet. 
and it's her living with Chucky. Chucky's been in her life, her basically her whole life, and she almost sees Chucky kind of as a brother. And it's just a fascinating documentary um, about a, a movie series. Um, so I would definitely recommend it. Um, even if you're not into Chucky himself um, or the series, it's just a fascinating documentary to see how someone's life can be affected by something their parents work on. And it's kind of cool. So. I definitely uh, would recommend uh, Living with Chucky. You can watch it on uh, iTunes if you buy it right now. I'm sure it'll go to like streaming before long. And let me throw in here before we uh, exit stage left. Uh, quick reminder: I got to give a uh, Casey old boy here his t- his homework. I was about to I was about to talk about that. Yeah, well, I was gonna make sure we didn't uh-huh. accidentally forget it. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you for your top ten Marvel couples in mo- in movie couples. So does does it have like to be Jean Grey and and Cyclops kind of uh, thing? Okay, I was about to say, does it have yeah. to be MCU? But since you just said Jean no, Grey, Marvel, can... Marvel all. And but it is, be... does it have to be movie or can movie it be or TV? Movie or TV, but no comics. We're saying no out comics. Of the comic. We're, we're okay. going straight with the movie and the TV for right now. Okay, I like that. We've only got like four movie couples. So what what constitutes a couple? Like married, like, actually dating. Okay, let me give you Eric. It's a or married, they had sex. Married, dating, had sex, got it on, flirted with each other. Okay. Like I would count um Scarlet Witch and Hulk as an almost. Okay. You mean you mean Black Widow and Hulk. Sorry, Black Widow, sorry. Okay, let's say what movie did you watch that <laughs> I didn't watch? Scarlet Witch and Hulk. Sorry, sorry. All right. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, um, for sticking with us. Um, you are true fans if you stick with us this whole time. And um, we love you and appreciate you a whole lot. So you can write us at notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com and ask us your questions, your thoughts. Tell us to be faster, take more time, do specials, whatever you want to say. We will take it all. Send us photos of kittens. We love kittens. Um, Lots of photos of kittens. Anyway, that is notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com. You can also find us um, at our different social media handles. I'm on Twitter at Vash underscore Maxwell. I'm on Letterboxd at Vash Maxwell. And you can find me on Hive, which I need to actually get back to using, at Casey Franklin. And I'm not telling you my LinkedIn, but you could probably figure it out if you really wanted to. John, where can people find you? You can, you can still find me over at the uh, the old tweeter that Elon Musk is just running into the ground for now. But uh, at Arching with a PhD, I'm over on Instagram at at esoteric underscore by underscore design. Uh, And I'm over on Letterboxd at esoteric underscore Evans. Eric, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on that big site known as Letterboxd uh, as Eckley, E-K-L-Y. Or you can find me in North Virginia. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much again for sticking with us. And we will talk to you next week. It'll be exciting. Later. Good night, everybody.